sports changes on a dime. Two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sandhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. The Aldermaine Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh God, he might have me. Do you think Pena has a chance against Amanda Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think it's that great. Wayne, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our persons against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations of Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left by a while so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts and this is what has allowed youtubers to come in and take over the sport and much much more i have them this weekend i'm just gonna let the board fall to me dalvin cook zeke cmc hopefully i can get one of those running backs i did my draft tonight as y'all can see with my fighting jersey on you have like your really really top tier wide receivers but then there's a pretty big drop off they didn't speak english so, like, the UFC, like, wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak. So it absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up, though, is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Olovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I... Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Olovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just, like, the fact that Tony Khan actually actually just did that. Fightful. Fightful. Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for Loyal. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The Marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. Watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Rounds, episode 72. 
Uh, seems like we've got a lot of people that are excited to see what we're going to talk about. Definitely going to cover CM Punk, as always, it feels like. Every, it's a story that will never go away. Um, the Elite, um, Jake Paul and Anderson Silva. I can't believe that that's actually here this weekend. Um, a lot of fun stuff. I definitely want to get into GCW and WWE and that kind of relationship as well. So we're going to be covering a lot of uh, different stuff, and I think it'll be an entertaining show. Um, thanks for everybody that joined us. And uh, how you doing tonight, Steven? I'm doing well. Had a good day today. Did uh, some work at the shoot job and relaxed a little bit. Doing this. Yeah, we got good stuff to talk about. I uh, got some action figures to show y'all uh, that I got this week too. So, yeah, we got a uh, we got good stuff. Thanks for everyone who uh, joined us. I saw we already had a super chat already too. I didn't see what it said, yep. but we appreciate y'all. Um, so make sure if y'all send those in, we'll we'll always put them up on the screen. Always read them out. Hit that thumbs up button. You know, be be interactive. We want to hear from y'all because you know some of these these some of these topics are going to be kind of divisive. You know what I mean? So we we want to know your opinion. Like this one too. Yeah, we can talk oh, sure. about this one a little yeah. bit too. That's it's a really sad situation. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot going on. A lot of good stuff to talk about. Seems like we always get our um, non wrestling stuff out of the way right at the bat. So I'm gonna kind of start with another interesting thing that happened with Discovery Warner Brothers tonight, and basically they announced that James Gunn is taking over the DCU, whatever you want to call it now. Um, the, the Guardians division. of the Galaxy guy. Guardians of the Galaxy guy. He's also done Peacemaker. He did the Suicide Squad, all that. It's a pretty big move. And it just kind of goes to show you that the the demise of Warner Brothers Discovery and all that has really not been what they wanted, what they've been trying to paint it as. It's really that they're looking for the people to replace and move on and do different things. So um, I did watch Black Adam this weekend. It was, it wasn't bad. It it wasn't good either, but it was fun. And it was just like a fun, entertaining movie. It's kind of the reason why you go to the movies to go to the theater. Um, And I think it could be better in the future. So I ended up going to see, I'm such a sucker, right? Like I've been talking about the rock and how he's rubbed me the wrong way. And here I am still supporting him, but it's one of those things that, uh, I don't know when it comes down to the, to the end, it's like my, my curiosity always gets me, you know what I mean? So, but, uh, it's interesting because Superman is officially back. Henry Cavill is Superman is officially back. So, um, where <laughs> Henry Cavill, the rock Shazam, James Gunn's vision. There's just a lot of stuff going on that I really feel like that they're gaining way more momentum than Marvel right now. I feel like Star Wars is the completely sunken ship. And I feel like Marvel is heading exactly into that direction as well. So it's just kind of interesting to see like the change of the guard, um, which also brings me to the point to where it kind of sounds like that they're really heavily invested in AEW and they want to treat it more like a live sport and promote it that way so it it really seems like they're going to get a tv deal done all the good things will happen for AEW, and then it's really going to get interesting because then it's about it might not just be about money at that point what else can you offer because both of you can offer me money you know what i mean so very curious to see 
what happens in that direction. Yeah, I uh, don't have much of an opinion on really any of the stuff outside of the the wrestling, of course. Like I, I think it's good that it looks like it looks like the people that really need to have faith in AEW do. So that's that's promising, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's more promising is the simple fact that it's like. They didn't buy the company just to flip it, which a lot of rumors have been like they're making now investments into the future in a lot of different ways. So that's just a good sign that it wasn't like, yeah, we're just taking over whatever. We don't really care because then that would really hurt AEW with the with the company and discover Warner Brothers or whatever you want to call it. So I just think that's a good sign for their future. And we'll see what happens. You know, um, listen, another thing, too, about MJF. Dave Meltzer's hinted at it. Even Wade Keller's hinted at it that he's already signed the extension. So we'll see what that happens. But I mean, to me, it seems like he is now the guy moving forward. Um, and I personally am just looking forward to seeing what that's like with the elite also there. Like that's that's what I'm waiting for. Because so many people are like, you see what happens when Punk leaves, the ratings don't, they're not as good or the pay-per-view's not as big or whatever, but it's like, yeah, but it wasn't just Punk, man. Like, we lost four people. We didn't just lose one, you know what I mean? So I'm curious to see how it all turns out in that aspect. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely hope that MJF has has uh, signed an extension with AEW, and I hope they do make him their guy. It looks like they're going to. So I'm definitely happy about that. And it looks like it's going to happen sooner than later with Mox. And I, I think it's very smart to try to keep it as, as big as possible to like the public about MJF status, because it makes it way more interesting as a storyline. If the, if we, if they can convince us that he's going to be a free agent in 2024, um, yeah. you know, so I think, I think Tony Khan, MJF, everybody involved should, should, if he has signed, they should kayfabe everybody still like i mean if they're yeah for sure you know, like yeah tony needs to act if he's doing interviews about it he needs to just lie and say that he, he isn't signed you know what i mean even if he is like you got See, and that's the stuff the where you can kind of go with the no comment and whatever because it actually has further implications or whatever but like the certain stuff that i've got onto them about is like you have to have some type of statement or an answer or something about some of this stuff so I, I agree, though. The MJF thing needs to totally be all the way down to the wire, make you think, even if he has signed, make you think he might leave. Like, you know, because even with the Cody stuff, right, like it got to the point to where it's like, is Cody really going to leave? Like, I, yeah. I don't think he would leave. But, like, you know, he did that promo after uh, the Sammy match, and he's like, it's 100%. I don't have a contract. I don't know what's going to happen. And you're like, I'm not thinking – like, I was still like – 70 percent he's staying but then all of a sudden it's like yeah. i was only like 10 percent thinking he could possibly leave now i'm like at 30 percent thinking and then it's like okay now i'm at 50 and it's like oh god he's gone yeah <laughs> you know so <clears throat> no i was the same way i've y'all saw it unfold week after week right here like i until cody showed up at wrestlemania i was yep. not convinced and I, I remember being at the WrestleCon and Fuego told me flat out that Cody was going to be at WrestleMania. And I was just, <laughs> I still didn't believe him. I was just like, oh, he's ribbing me, you know, yeah. playing, trying to mess with the fans. And it's like, no, he, he was telling the truth. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Um, also, uh, some non-related wrestling stuff real quick before we really dive into everything at the top of the show. Minnesota Vikings bye week, but yeah. So, what do you, how do you feel about the Cowboys? Like, do you, are, oh. I mean, I mean, do you? Because there's the debate now about oh, like Cooper Rush and Dak. So and, stupid. Yeah. It's so okay. So here's the thing: when Cooper Rush faced the Eagles, right? He threw three interceptions and he missed 20 passes. He was 18 for 38. Dak was like 19 for 25. No picks, 204 yards, and a touchdown. And then our run game was like 140 yards and two touchdowns. And if you look at it, if you combine Zeke and Pollard together, like we're we're like we always have over 100 yards rushing and touchdowns. Like our running game is very strong right now. I do I'm concerned about our wide receivers. I don't think it's not even necessarily Dak or Cooper Rush. I don't think we have too many elite wide receivers. CD is great, but I mean he's never been the number 1 and he's not really like blowing you away right now. Never really has to be honest with you. Like always been really good and solid. But I don't know if he's like the guy. And then Michael Gallup is coming off of an ACL. And then the rest of his guys, his guys are just like whatevers. So I'm worried that that might not be enough. You know, when you're facing Philadelphia, that's A.J. Brown on the other side. That's Devontae Smith. You have Justin Jefferson. Like we don't really have that. Um, but we do have – uh, an O-line that's way better than I thought it was. We have a run game that's way better than I thought it was. Our tight ends are really starting to show up because now we're using all three of them. So I'm on the fence, but God dang, this defense is great, man. Oh, yeah. oh, I saw God. them. I saw, I'm keeping them for sure as my fantasy defense. I, I drafted them as my fantasy defense. They've been racking me up over 20-plus points some of yeah. these weeks. Like, yeah. yeah. Five turnovers. Uh, we had two interceptions. Three force fumbles. Uh, we lead the league in sacks. Um, Micah Parsons, but it's not just Micah, man. Like even our guy, our um, Sam Williams, our rookie. I mean, he had two sacks, force fumble, and that was just like him getting more playing time than he's gotten all year, and he totally delivered. But I'm kind of concerned about the Bears. They're low-key a threat because they played really well against the um, Patriots, and they are they are our weakness. Uh, rushing quarterback that can threaten an RPO and running the ball. Now, we just made a trade with um, the Raiders for Jonathan Hankins to hopefully help with the stopping the run. But it'll be interesting. But the good thing is if we can beat the Bears, then we go into our bye week. We go into our bye week at 6-2. and two. And then we play Green Bay, and then we play y'all. Yeah, it's going to be a fun yeah. week. That'll uh, be a fun one. Hell yeah. And you yeah. always want that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. The showdown. We have to put some sort of, like, friendly wager on that of some kind. Like, I don't know, m- m- money or, like, maybe, like, some sort of action figure or something. I don't know. We got to figure something out. I'm, I'm in, John. What do you want? You want a third? Yeah, I think I'll do a third. You want to, if you want to go ahead and make that that deal. <clears throat> yeah, 24 points for the Cowboys last week. Um, yeah, Michael, absolutely brutal. I thought you guys were going to be way better than that, especially when Zappy went in. When Zappy went in and the momentum switched and the crowd was going crazy, like I thought y'all had it in the bag. 
And and I and I and I thought the Patriots defense is one of the top defenses in the league. And I mean, the Bears just went right through them. So I, I don't know what to think at this point. The uh, the Patriots uh, Stevenson, that running back, is like sneaky good. Like Ramondre. he's like, yeah, he's like kind of under the. Yeah, no, yeah, he gets he gets oh he was open every play. Yeah, he gets he he had eight catches last night and and like he he crushes it. So yeah, yeah he's he's great. I was even watching him because I was playing against him in fantasy. So I was watching yeah. like every play, just like watching him Brutal. all of his routes and like his um even the plays where they weren't going to him, he was wide open like the entire yeah. game. So and yeah. I uh I lost Brees Hall for the year, so oh, that yeah. that Fair that enough. hurt a lot. I have Michael Carter, but then they went and changed, uh, traded for James Robinson. So it's like I don't know what they plan on doing. So that that one's a big blow because he was basically like the top fantasy running back. But then Kenneth Walker's really, really tore it up in uh, Seattle. So we'll see, man. Like it's it, this is such a week to week league, man, and you just never know. Like like dude, Tampa and, and Green Bay suck this year. Like I don't yeah. understand it. It's like, great. They're, they're three and four. <laughs> And like Green Bay used to just be just so difficult to deal with, and and I mean Tom Brady, I guess is bad now. Like I don't know, I, I haven't really overly watched their games, but I mean to lose the Panthers twenty-one to three, like what are we doing? No, yeah, this isn't good. I, I watched that game because my brother had has a uh, Brady in fantasy, and he's just like losing his mind because he like is every year it was a gamble. Of, like, will this be the year where he drops off? Yeah. And it never was yeah. until now. And, you just had to wait for divorce year. Once divorce year hit, then it's like he, he's he's done. Dude, and Rogers is just like just like imploding. Like he yeah. just he just looks you like he's skating. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, field. yes. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. really exactly. is. Exactly. It's a really good like, analogy. You could play that clip of CM Punk at the end of the the uh, All Out and like just say that this is Aaron Rodgers after every game on Sunday. Like it's a hundred percent what he is. Like it's crazy, and they even have almost the same goofy haircut and everything. Like, who do you, who do you take in a fight? Oh, I I don't know. I mm. I mean, because like Aaron Rodgers, like it's not like he has to like. I mean, he doesn't really get hit a whole lot. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I I, I mean I, I mean I, you know y'all know who I'm taking. I, say I I would think Aaron Rodgers would be way faster and deliver a much more powerful punch as well as he you know can throw the ball and stuff. Yeah. So um, yeah, CM Punk turned 44 I think yesterday or today or something. So yeah, you know I don't know. Oh, by the At way, 44 dude. is like the body of a 60 year old at this point. I can't remember if we talked about it on the show or not. Um, but like the other week. Mike Jackson had another UFC fight and got yeah the, we talked just, about it just yeah got we talked about it completely destroyed yeah yep um we talked about it. we were definitely gonna talk some MMA I mean we can even I mean it really depends on what y'all want to talk about tonight like kind of in what order I know we can get to some super chats real quick if you want and then kind of go from there because like there's there's big like we gotta talk about Sean O'Malley and stuff like that's huge for like yeah. UFC like so we got we got a yep. lot of good stuff here. Kind of All right, let's get into just a couple of super chats that we did get. If you guys can, please smash that like button, help us out. If you guys have any questions, submit into the super chat. We'll be sure to answer them. And as always, we always help you appreciate and help in the channel. So, uh, yeah, let's get things started. Um, Matt Phillips Reviews, thank you <laughs> nice. for starting this out. Wanted to share that Sting has new AEW merch out. All right, we'll have hey, to check that out. I appreciate, appreciate that, it. Matt. That's actually – I really do appreciate that. 
Um, I also wanted to point this out. Amir say gave Thames a, a thumbs up. Have you guys checked out Brit on Swerve's podcast? I have not, but that does sound pretty entertaining. I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to look into that. I usually listen to podcasts and stuff at work sometimes, so I'll probably listen to that. Um, Chris Ward with Super Chat. Thanks, Chris, as always. Evening, boys. If Chandler can beat Poirier, then I think him versus Islam is an interesting fight given Mike's crazy KO power and explosive wrestling speed. So I'll say this. You just never know with Chandler. Like, I would not think that he could beat Islam. I just think Islam's too technically sound, too good. But I also know that Chandler just, like, pulls stuff out of the hat sometimes. It's just, like, freakish, unbelievable. So, like, he is the definition of a puncher's chance. But, I mean, I think if he gets taken on his back and Islam just starts doing work on him, I don't think it'll last much longer, in my opinion. Um, I, I'm i actually going to take Poirier in that fight, personally, against Chandler. Yeah. Um, But I think it looks like they're going to do Volkanovski and Makachev, which I'm fine with. Like, Volkanovski, yeah. at a, and he's at a point at 145 where he's just going to be running rematches pretty much. Outside of, like, I mean, there's still good fights like, you know, Bryce Mitchell, like with another big win could be right there. Like uh, Josh Emmett's right there. Like there are good fighters, but Volkanovski, I think he's done enough at featherweight to like deserve to jump up and challenge for another title if he wants to, um, considering the rest of the, because all the other lightweight contenders like are in the same position as like Poirier and Chandler and stuff and, and Gaethje. They're all like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's hard to explain. They're they're like either coming off losses or you know it like or like Connor. You know, whenever he comes back, he'll probably just get a title shot. You know, like so. Who, who knows? Man, Connor, dude, I swear that guy just like has these late night tweets that just <laughs> like yeah. what, what I think it was last night. He was talking about how great he is in Roadhouse and like how he's coming back for everything. And I'm just like, dude, it's over. It's over. Like, seems stop. more and more pathetic. Like. Like it it really does. And like, you just think of how good guys have gotten just in the last two years. Like you can't just leave the sport and then come back and like face the elite and be, be great. Like it's, it's over. It is over. Um, Another super chat from dirty. Should Islam fight Volk or Darius next? So if you want to go business wise, Volkanovski makes the most sense just because it's two champions, um, champ, champ fight, right? Like all that stuff. But like Darius definitely deserves a shot. Like he's not a draw though. So that's going to be his problem. He definitely deserves a shot, but he's not a draw. So it depends on what the UFC wants to do. Now, if Volkanovski was out, like he, he decided he wanted to stay in his division then it's Darius all day long. But I think you got to do Volkanovski if he's willing to take that fight. Yeah, I completely agree. I And I think Volkanovski stands probably the best chance of beating Makachev because, like, Volkanovski's striking is just – I mean, all these guys are going to – like, Gaethje and, and Chandler and Connor, like, those guys are all going to have, like, heavy hands and, and be, be, you know, be very dangerous. But, like, Volkanovski – is just piecing people up completely at featherweight right now. Like if he can land those kind of combinations on, on Islam, I mean, th- it's all going to be about, can Islam just take him down and do whatever he wants to him? Like he did Olvera, which well, at this point, I think probably like, I don't, I don't see anybody really stopping Malkachev right now with what he's doing. 
So here's how I feel, and I actually like John's uh, tweet here, and it's basically Darius Oliveira makes sense. I think that does make sense. And yeah, if like Oliveira wins, if Oliveira wins, I think he should get a rematch because yeah. I personally think that he never looked comfortable in that fight. Like for whatever reason, I think once he got stung by a couple of shots from Islam standing, he started to be really passive. Like he would be aggressive, but he wouldn't really like give it his all in his shots. Like it was just more like throwing stuff and Islam was throwing with more power. And then it was like he was worried about getting taken down. Now, granted, dude, his guard is so nasty. Oliveira's guard is ridiculous. Yeah. So I just think in a rematch with more with like knowing what he's been like being in the cage with him once, I think he would be much better. So if he does beat Dariush, I would not and and um Islam beats Volkanovsky, I would not be opposed against a rematch. I don't like immediate rematches, but like if he beats the number one contender, I'm okay with them getting a rematch. No, I'm fine with that too. And and you know, I'm obviously a huge Oliveira fan, but that was unreal to see the control because like Oliveira on the ground, like defended like perfectly on the ground and Makachev just, he, he just couldn't stop Makachev from the head and arm triangle. Well, like, I, I didn't, I didn't expect him to tap. I really didn't. But I mean, I think it also helps that he landed a good shot that kind of put him a little bit weary. Right. Like I think if he's a hundred percent, I don't, I don't think he gets that, but that's always the, been the remedy of beating a jujitsu guy is you got to hurt him first. And then you can able, then you can actually submit him. You know what I mean? But yeah, but to submit Oliveira, who has the, the most submissions in UFC history, like that's huge for Islam. Good and then we'll, we'll talk about this just one more time because I don't want to lose our viewers when we go into a UFC ramp. But I will say that you really learned a lesson when it's like these guys finally, like they're both up and coming prospects that were said that they never really fought anybody. And they both proved to be legit. And that's Sean O'Malley. And that is Islam Makhchev. Like both of those guys, and I've always been a believer, you don't know how good these guys are until they get their shot. So you can never just ride them off and just be like, yeah, they're, they're nothing. Like I thought Peter Yan was way too much for Sean O'Malley. I was wrong. And not only, but I'm excited about it, right? Like I like even even if you think Yan won the fight, which is is possible, right? The fact that it's just even like a close fight and did and he's done as much damage to Jan as anybody like nobody's beat up Jan like that. So like just that fact alone makes it a conversation that O'Malley is for real. And uh, I think that's perfect for the UFC. And then Islam is going to be the second coming of Khabib. I mean, that's just basically what's going to happen. So, yeah. Well, you know, I chose O'Malley to win that fight. So. I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, I, yeah, I, I and I scored it for O'Malley. Like I legitimately think he won the first round and the third round. Like it all comes down to how, my, with how I would want a fight scored as a fight. I think that the damage that O'Malley did supersedes and, and the and the amount of strikes that significant strikes he landed more than Jan did. Like I think the damage and the the advantage in the striking and the actual damage he did to Jan. Like especially the knees towards the end of the fight and all that, like where he busted him up, like that to me supersedes takedowns with no damage on the ground. 
Like if if Jan if Jan would have gotten on the ground and like rained down on him and like really beat him up, it's completely different. I I, I would I would go with Jan. But if you're just gonna take someone down, you know, Mali got up off the ground in like all those scenarios eventually too after taking no damage. So you'd have to give some sort of credit to getting off the ground also. So like, yeah. so I. I was fine with the scorecards. I would have been fine with Jan winning as well. I wouldn't have thought it was a robbery. It was a very close fight. It was a split decision. One of the judges did give it to Jan, and I, I understand why. There's no debate that he won the second round. It all it all boils down to, do you did did O'Malley striking supersede Jan's takedowns in the in the no damage though that Jan did with the takedowns? That that's the big thing. If he would have done damage with the takedowns, it's a completely different conversation. But he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to rewatch the fight, but like I said, it's so close that either way, like whoever it is, like you still have to give O'Malley his respect, even if he lost that fight. So, well, so um, so now do you like? Because now the big thing is, I think O'Malley should get the next title shot because that'll be huge. But if Cejudo comes back, because it sounds like Cejudo might come back and fight Aljo, if they do that, then you probably do um um you probably do O'Malley and Cheeto again. Or why, 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 yeah, I, I like that actually, but I just, I personally, I don't see Dana giving him an immediate title shot. Cejudo, well, I don't think Cejudo's gonna fight unless it's a title shot, though, which I think, which I think Dana's okay with. Like, I think Dana's okay with not him not coming back, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I don't think he has um, a lot of leverage. So, if he wants to fight, he's gonna have to fight like a top contender fight. So, like, even if he fought O'Malley or Cheeto, I like, I like the Cheeto fight for Triple C as well because I think that's a real test. So, yeah. Like give um, O'Malley the the title shot and then have Triple C fight Cheeto. Well, yeah, I, I I think O'Malley should get the title shot also. I just think he's just he's got too much momentum right now. He beat the number one contender in Yon, and if she they can give Cheeto the option. I mean, I'm even cool with the option if Cheeto wants to sit out and get the winner for the title shot since he already has the win over O'Malley. Like, I'd be fine with that. But if he wants to stay active, yeah, give him a just give him a top a top level guy that he can you know if he wins it, he definitely gets the next shot. I mean, good, if this is true, good position. If this is true, then I mean, I, I'm all for it. And I think I think Triple C is a bad matchup for Sterling, honestly. I think Triple C destroys Sterling. Sterling has to – listen, I'm going to give him credit for, like, he's – I can't take things away from him because a lot of these things are out of his control. But he is the luckiest champion I've ever seen. I can't believe, like, he wins the title by getting kneed in the head while he was getting destroyed, beats Yawn while Yawn's on, like, an off night, and then just gets – just the luckiest thing of all time happens. He fights CJ Dillashaw with Dillashaw with one arm and just, and, and he couldn't, and he couldn't sub him. I couldn't believe it. How did, how did Aljamain Sterling not submit TJ Dillashaw when TJ had no use of one of his arms? I couldn't believe yeah. it. Yeah, um, so yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I, dude, I think that triple C, dude, I think O'Malley destroys um, Sterling too. Like I really do. So, I just, I don't, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't want to. Like I think Sterling's a really good fighter. I really do, but I just don't know. And, and Styles make fights, so I'm just curious of what it would be. But I'm, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm all for it though. And I mean, if if you're the UFC, to either have Triple C as the champ or Sean O'Malley as the champ is perfect. And if you can have him fight for the belt, he's even better. So I mean, like businesses. Like to think that that was the Mighty Mouse division that was so boring that nobody cared about, and like here we are now, and like stuff like that. Well, Mighty Mouse is one twenty five, yeah. right? Yeah. But who's who's one twenty five champ right now? Right now, it's uh, is it Figueroa again? 
yeah, yeah, figure it. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. That's right. But just in general, like the small guys, especially in like they I mean, Cejudo, Cejudo champion both though. Like to be fair, right. yeah, right. But I mean, like Cejudo really didn't have a lot to compete against. Like it wasn't the same. And now, like you've got some killers, some real killers. What's, what's the, the that you're the, popular? That it's not guy. even that they're great at fighting. That are like draws. Well, no, he, I mean, well, no, he was fighting draws. Cejudo was fighting draws like the whole time. It's just he was fighting them on like the back end of their career. Like he was fighting like Aldo I mean, and Cruz and Delashaw and, but he was fighting stars. But, well, no, no, I'm saying, stars. I'm saying the guard has changed. Like all the guys that yeah. were like in like the bottom half of like the top, like the 10 to 15 rankings, those are like the guys at the top now. And those other guys yeah. that were up here, like down here now. Yeah. But I mean, He's I don't the think new, the new ever involved in like, a fight like a guy like O'Malley. Like I think he's always sure. fought like guys that are like, you know, really good fighters and they they do okay for their draws, right? But like Dominic Cruz was his last fight. I mean Dominic's on the tail end, right? Like, but to fight like a young up and comer like Sean O'Malley that's like coming up with Cejudo, if he could still really be the guy and be champion, I think is a huge fight. Yeah, and O'Malley's he's he's fearless out there. Like he stays in your face and he throws down and like you know he like he gave Jan no respect. Like he just went at him. I mean, I think that's the way you got to honestly. For sure, I think that's awesome. Like that's we don't see enough of that. There's a lot of guys like that's that's the you know that's like the Diaz brothers style that I love so much. Like just the yep. like, get in your face, throw volume. If you can't keep up with me, you're screwed. Yep, you know. Love it. Best best defense is offense. Like that's a lot of what happens. So, yep. Just don't get caught. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um. Let's see here. Cactus J with a super chat. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Um. Hey boys, do either of you know what happened to CZW? Not sure what the story is behind their fall from popularity lately. They've been uploading classic matches to the YouTube channel. Do you want to take this one, Steven, or do you well, not? Are you not sure? I don't know 100%, but a lot of them became what is now GCW. So, like a lot of, you know, like a lot of like what made CZW popular now GCW does. A lot of the stars that were popular in CZW. I remember now. like when Nick Gage got out of jail and it was like, like, he's just like, what has happened to this place? Like, it was like, uh, the, the, they were moving on from deathmatch wrestling and MJF was their stuff. champion. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And you could hear like 15 people in the crowd. Um, <laughs> yeah. they, they had a lot of, uh, but I mean, they had like Joey Janela, Leo Rush, all those, like basically it was GCW before GCW. And then in, like GCW took Nick Gage, took a lot of the deathmatch wrestling and brought it to that. And then it killed yeah. CZW. Cause didn't CZW also had like a new owner that people really didn't agree with or like or whatever. And it well, just kind of fell apart. I mean, Fred Lauderdale was a CCW referee that yep. you know, started GCW, you know? Yeah. Yep. And I mean, if you've ever met Brett, like you would never in a million years be like, that's the owner of a company. Like, no way. Uh, but it's just it's big, what it is. Big Omos fan. I love I love to see it. You've been seeing those tweets, right? Like he definitely likes Omos. We are we are trolling to a different level, Brett. Let's be honest. Like, we, there's no way this is serious. It's just no, dude. And, and the and the thing that sucks is the crowd is gonna get behind it because they're in on it too. Like, it, we all know this guy is garbage. Like, no, nope, don't speak for me. Listen, 
a Nigerian giant Omos beat up four yeah. people last night, four on one, four v one. No watch, problem. So I don't know. I heard that uh, Raw was really stellar. I was mainly watching football, but yeah, I watched football. I didn't watch Raw, but like yeah. the, like I said, this whole thing about how they're so much better and blah blah blah. Save it. Save it. Yeah, it's we don't need to get into all that. It's not worth talking about. Um, I'm just saying, save it. It's not true. Yeah, what was the? Thank you, Cassie Shea, for the super chat. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not really a whole lot to talk about WWE wise this week. There really isn't. So no, no, um, I, no. When is their next? The, the the Saudi show. When is that? Like two weeks. Yeah, not this weekend, but next weekend, I think. Like in the day, like normal and stuff. What's that? It's like in the day, like normal. It's not like at night. Probably. I mean, sometimes it's going on when I'm at work and I'm like, oh, okay. Like people are tweeting about it and I'm like, oh, I'm bored. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to to Omos versus Braun in Saudi Arabia. And uh, I mean, could you pick more of a shit match? Let's just be honest. Dude, cannot wait till they team up and no one can beat them. Unstoppable tie team. It's going to be so sick. So full of it. They're so full of it. Like, that is a terrible tag team. Could you imagine? I know. Well, Braun Strowman isn't that good. I'll admit that. uh, Listen, he's probably going to wrestle circles around Omos. But can you imagine the young bucks come in and they're like, it's Braun Strowman (laughs) and Omos versus. The Young Bucks. Yeah, like that's the fantasy matchup that I always wanted. Thank you so much. Dude, hell yeah, man. Dream match. Anyways. Um, so, and Logan and Logan, Logan versus uh, Roman, actually, I, I, I think will be way better than what people are expecting. I really do think that. So. I mean, I think of it, but I, it, I just don't, I don't agree with it. It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be a great match. He should just go in there and smash him. Like, he doesn't need to treat Logan like Logan is some, like, equal because it looks bad. I just think it does. It's like, I get what's that. next? Bad Bunny getting a title shot? I mean, I'm the one that's been calling for, like, I'm doing hologram matches in the metaverse, dude. You don't have to, don't have to preach to me but about I, that. <laughs> the metaverse, like this is real. This is what they're doing. Like, yeah. why, why would I be excited for that? Like, this you, is like you an NFT match. Yeah, you, you. This really, this is an NFT throw up match. Like, that's what this yeah. is. Like, you, you can, you can come up and dream about these matches, but they shouldn't be happening. Like, these are ridiculous. Like, and, and like I said, if Roman like kicks out at two and a half at something. This is stupid. I'm sorry. Like, we're not here for a five-star match. Like, this needs to be an ass-whooping. Like, I I just think it's dumb. Well, and also, I mean, his brother Jake is going to be boxing Anderson. Like, that's this weekend. So, they got back-to-back Paul brother weekends. Let's go. It's every day, bro. Okay. Um, And this, I keep seeing this, but I totally disagree with this. This is on Peacock. This is available for everyone to watch. This is not just for Saudi fans. This isn't a house show. This is a big production, WrestleMania type production on Peacock where you can watch it live. Like this is not a house show. Yeah, no, I mean, but it is still like a weird, like redheaded stepchild show that like is kind of outside of it's like its own thing within it's like it's like it's in the WWE universe, but it's like the 
I don't even know how to explain it. You know what I mean, though? Like, it's like a... Because, like, Sean... It's like Shawn Michaels came back out of retirement, but just, like, pretend it doesn't happen. It didn't happen. Because, like, it didn't really... Because it happened there. You know? It happened. So, yeah, that... that See, that that's, that's your space... That's a dirty that's your, rumor. That's your that's Space dirty... Jam 2. That's your, oh, that's, that's, the, that's the Space two. Jam of wrestling, for yeah. sure. Like, yeah. Space Jam 2. Yeah, yeah, that is it. That should have yeah. never happened. Just pretend like it didn't happen. See, that's the thing. That's the Saudi stuff. Like, remember Braun Strowman won, like, that green title belt and that... Royal Rumble, and then like he just never saw that belt ever didn't, again. Didn't Goldberg squash Bray uh, the Fiend and kill everything over in Saudi? I don't remember if that was in Saudi or not, but I, if, it, if it was, I remember the match. If it's Goldberg, it's in Saudi. Otherwise, it's Probably. either SummerSlam or WrestleMania. So I'm pretty sure it was Saudi. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He just he like speared him and jackhammered him like immediately, and that, yep. was, that was that for the Fiend. I had just received my. Um, my Amazon exclusive Fiend Funko Pop, like, 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 right around that day, and I was like pretty soaked about it. I'm, like, the Fiend's awesome. Like, this guy's gonna be like a big deal for a long time. And then Goldberg just murked him, and I was like, whoa, never mind. Yeah. So <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about cool stuff. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> to AEW, mm-hmm. Steven. Are we close to seeing the elite come back? I think so. It's not like they're talking about him on TV. Um, yeah. It's got to happen soon. I mean, it's. I, I think this. I think it goes hand in hand with all the rumors about CM Punk and like them trying to do the buyout and all that stuff. I think once that's taken care of, the elite are back like immediately. Yeah, I think it's going to be something that's built though, like not not major, but like okay. So say that you're. Two weeks from the pay per view, I think they're going to hold off till they come to the pay per view. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that they're just going to show up at some random dynamite without unannounced. I don't think they will. I mean, I'm all for it. I'm ready for them to be back whenever. But um, I'm just, I'm just hoping for the right, the the right way for them to come in. Just to just. I'm just ready for this thing to get going again. Like, I feel like everything's still been on standstill. Like the whole Adam page storyline has basically been on standstill. The whole, I mean, God for Kenny Omega. Like I feel bad for the girl on Twitter that did the countdown for how long Kenny Omega has been gone. Like stage 122, And she has like a picture of Kenny Omega. And then he came back for like, Oh yeah. Every day she has a picture of Kenny Omega on Twitter. Like it's been day 120 or whatever. And then he comes back for a couple of weeks and now she's like, it's day 48 thinking of Kenny Omega, like restarted the count. And it's just, it's ridiculous. So I'm hoping that they're back and uh, we can really get things going. Um, I don't know all what that entails. I really don't want to, I, me personally, I don't love the idea of them being trios champions because I feel like it just kind of limits them in a certain way, but I'll take whatever I can get for right now. And I mean, you still can do other things, even being a trios champion. We've seen that we're like trios champions are still like in tag matches or singles matches like Penta, for example. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm all for them coming back and hopefully, sooner than later but like if you had to predict do you think they're back by full gear i yeah if not like at full gear like like, yeah yeah Yeah. and i think that i mean it would make sense for them to go back to the trios titles considering they waited so long to introduce the title specifically for kenny omega to return but 
Um, but I mean, I'm fine with them doing whatever. And I also think that if they bring back BTE, that's going to be can't miss when that returns because hopefully they'll say something about something. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I don't know what they'll do. And you know that the way that they love to like, you know, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't know if they're like going to stage the fight or what they're going to do. But, um, you know, I don't I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. But I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And I mean, like sure. I said, if, if it is Death Triangle versus the Elite at full gear, like, sign me up. I'm all for it. Sure. Um, so I'm really hoping tomorrow there's another hint. There's another Elite name drop, just something that just makes you go, hey, there's the, that. Now, what do you think of the idea that CM Punk was shown also on the ROH video package? I didn't uh, realize that. So, like, um, when they were showing all the former champions with Jericho, mm-hmm. when they were talking about Jericho defending against Dalton Castle, they showed CM Punk. So, at the same time, they did show CM Punk there. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know about that. Um, I don't think that necessarily means anything one way or the other. Well, I I, here's, here's the thing. I think even if CM Punk is completely done from AEW forever – like they're not gonna completely ignore his time there like same with cody when he left like they still reference cody on commentary during the show and stuff you know during certain nor, nor should they i right, know i agree stupid. that's yeah. why i think this whole thing has been stupid you can still mention their names like yeah. that that's the thing that bothers me is like you don't all of a sudden have to take them out of every intro which they did you don't have to take them out of like all the advertisements and when you're selling tickets or any of that stuff, like for events next year, like if you want to, that's fine, whatever. But like, you don't always have to just basically act like they don't exist. That's a terrible philosophy. So I'm not a fan of that. And then it's like the moment that they are acknowledged again, it's like, Oh, I see that something could happen. So I just think it puts too much attention on it. If they were always acknowledged, you would still have no idea what's going on, right? But the fact that now all of a sudden they can be acknowledged, you you think, oh, this is coming close. I mean, Meltzer even said he thinks it's coming to an end. Um, Thoughts on Ace Steel being fired. From what the report is, Ace Steel didn't expect to get fired, Mm. which I found interesting. Mm -hmm. So I think that that does lead more towards CM Punk being bought out because that to me is when you're talking about severing a relationship of Ace Steel who defended Punk, you're basically saying we are ready to move on. What I find interesting though, and what Meltzer is saying is that the hang up is the no compete clause. Mm-hmm. So why does he need a no compete clause? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he would, I mean, the only reason would be if he was wanting to go back to the WWE. 100%. And this is another thing that a lot of people didn't pick up on that I always thought was weird. And he admitted it. He contacted the WWE before he signed with AEW. So this whole idea that it was like completely off the table, he would never do that, blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you, this guy is about money. That's what he is about. Um, So I, I just... I don't, I don't see, 
Uh, and, and then that's another thing too, is like, where does he fit in, in the WWE landscape? To me, that is your new Goldberg. That is a guy you bring in for big money shows. That's a guy you bring in for WrestleMania. That's a guy you bring in for SummerSlam. Good luck getting the guy to Saudi shows. He probably will go though. Once he finds out how much he can get paid. But I just think that he is a guy that you want nothing to do with the title pitcher and that you would want to just be able to, you know, if you could talk Cena to come into a mania and you can have Cena and Punk one more time at WrestleMania, like I think that that, that could be a smart thing. I think that that could be a big draw. Um, but I think he needs to be treated more so like that than, you know, I don't know. Is there anybody that's a young up and coming guy that you think that like would make sense with Punk? Not really young and up and coming, but like we never saw him versus like Owens kind of stuff. And I like WWE. that. I actually, I actually like that one a lot. Owens and Punk, and they have heat though, like back in mm-hmm. the day. And it's over the same type of crap too. It's the fact that like he didn't agree that he shouldn't like he punk thinks that he should have gotten shape and he shouldn't go to wrestle in a t-shirt and he didn't agree and punk thought he was disrespectful for it and, and this is this is no different yeah yeah i mean punk and cody would be interesting for a lot of reasons yeah i mean it's it it, it that's fine i just I want coding more into the long-term picture and not just like I'm going to step aside and wrestle CM Punk for a couple months. No, I definitely agree. I, Dude, I don't think that CM – like if you're any wrestling company – I mean, here's the – all right. Without going down an entire rabbit hole about this, the, the, the WWE's only option if you want to stay like relevant to any degree in any of this stuff because – He's definitely not going back into mixed martial arts. Um, he's the you know, if AEW bridges burn, like he's got to put his tail. I mean, he's not going to go to like go like grind the indies or wrestle in like New Japan or go like wrestle for impact or something. So, like, it's really only WWE. And given that, that you know, that relationship, like, he'd really have to like put his tail between his legs and like go back to the place he, he said all these things about for all these years. And then it's like, all right, well, how how happy will we be for how long? Because AEW signed you. And by the way, you didn't want to join for the first two years because it wasn't good enough and big enough for you. But you jumped yep. in once it was established enough for you to jump in. And then they made yep. you the face of the whole thing. They gave the title multiple times. They handed you everything. I mean, everything. And it still wasn't good enough for you. And you're still this disgruntled after one year. Why would the WWE think any differently? Like, why would you bring any? Why would you do business business with him and do and give him any kind of significant push of any kind, knowing that this is the outcome every time? It was the outcome in Ring of Honor forever ago. It was the outcome in WWE ten years ago. It was the outcome in AEW right now. It it it's it's him. Like he's the problem. Yeah. So like yeah. you know, but if you want to do business with the guy, you can do that. But you have to go into it knowing like, yeah, you probably don't want to make him your world champion. And what value does he bring? in comparison to what problems he might cause you and your your company because also it isn't even just like the stuff i've already said when you talk about like his, his exit from the wwe without forget it wasn't like cm punk became a free agent and just disappeared from the wrestling world for seven years he quit the company and for, it had like almost a year left on his contract 
like he's probably in the same situation right now with AEW to some degree, where it's like he has time left on his deal. He's at home. My perfect scenario, and this is honestly what I think they should do, because CM Punk caused this problem himself. I think Tony Khan should pay him every penny he owes him with whatever non-compete that that is a part of that contract he signed. He needs he gets paid to sit at home, like for however long that is. Like if he shows up on a on WWE television, he gets sued to shit. You know, yeah. it's that simple. Like, you know, sorry, dude, you you caused this problem. Like you signed these contracts. You're the one who who swung at your EVP bosses. You're the one who who cucked your boss right in front of you or in front of an audience, you know, at this press conference, you know, he's done this to himself. Like, you know, in most situations I'd be like, just, you know, let him go. And here's the thing. At the end of the day, I'm fine with that too, to be completely honest. Like if the AW wants to just cut ties with him completely and just let him go back to WWE, I'm actually completely fine with that. I really am. I just think they need to get, do whatever they need to do to get him out of AW. Cause at this point, he can't come in and like people can't just pretend none of that happened. Like it's too, well, it's too much. Of, it's too much of a cancer to their locker room. I think in my at this point. So this is a tweet that Chris Jericho liked that I found interesting. I, I saw it. Yeah, I know. It says, imagine that you're CM Punk. You've had one of the most triumphant comebacks ever in the history of wrestling. You've been promoted as the star. You never got to be in WWE, and within a year, you completely ostracized yourself, becoming so toxic that you're not worth having around. Yep, facts. That's that's Jericho. Like well, Jericho that, liked that. He didn't type that. No, no, one hundred percent. But I mean, still, like, if he liked it, he agreed right. with it. Right. And the fact that he's saying that, um, or agreeing with that statement, is a huge thing to me because, and and this is another thing too. Um, Maneev, I'm going to give you your shout outs here. You said CM Punk over Jericho any day. Now, Maneev is he's from Chicago. He's from Chicago. Maneev, you I, I like you, man. I get it. Um, Maneev, you're a good guy. I understand. Um, Maneev is a good guy. But, and, and listen, he's entitled to whoever he likes, and, and that's, that's all good. But he said this that I disagree with. Punk's only issue was with the elite. The elite is not the whole company. He hated Hangman Adam Page. Big time. Um, he doesn't necessarily seem like the biggest fan of MJF. When he was told that he had to work with him again at the press conference, he said he's tired of working with children. And so, like, he was throwing shots. None of that. He did shit on the whole company because he basically said that Adam Page has done nothing in this business, even though Adam Page won the title and carried it. And so you're basically saying that winning the AEW title means nothing. Like he did a lot of stuff in that press conference that really made him look bad. He really made the company look bad as a whole. And it really looked bad that Tony Khan is sitting there right next to him being like, mm, you know, mm -hmm. squirming and crap when you should have just been like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, let's not go there tonight, punk. Obviously, you're not in the mood to do this. Go ahead and go in the back. We'll talk later. That's fine. Just move on. But um, and, and that is one problem I have with a lot of this is Tony Khan really should apologize just for the simple fact that he let it get this way. And he's trying to ignore that and blame Omega and the Bucks and everybody else. But like, really, you could have stopped this dead in its tracks 
right then and there. Because one, if he was that pissed off, I would not have sent him back there in that locker room after what he just said, especially knowing that those guys were right there in the back and they heard everything. That is a recipe for disaster, you know? So there's things that I think that were definitely handled wrong. And I think Tony Khan is definitely at fault in a lot of this stuff. So I think that, and it's like almost, I feel like he's ignoring the fact that he was at fault. And then we are also being punished for that because of all these suspensions and everything else that happened. Another thing that you can't ignore either. Let's just be honest. Like punk is injury prone at this point. I mean, the body's breaking down. So even if you can get past of all the BS, this guy has had a broken foot and a torn bicep or whatever shoulder injury he had, torn labrum. I don't even remember what the damn thing was. So that's... He's really butthurt, you know, like fast hurts real bad. There's no cure for that. There's three... There's three months for a foot injury. There's nine months for this. Like that's a whole year's worth of money, contract, build up, everything gone in the toilet before he even causes drama, before he even is this toxic. Mm-hmm. So at this point, like, dude, you have no leg to stand on. You have no leverage. Like you created a lot of this chaos. Now, granted, I think Tony should have stopped a lot of it. And I think that, I think once Punk realized just how like new Tony was to this game, he really started to play the politics and push and see what he could do and all this stuff. Like I really feel like he came in with good intentions and then it was like, oh, I can get away with that or oh, I can do this or oh, you know what I mean? Like I just think he kept pushing and pushing and pushing and then it was like nobody's going to tell me what to do because I'm the guy that draws this money. I'm the guy that draws the houses. I'm that guy. And granted, in a lot of ways, he was right, right? Like, I definitely think the the big pay-per-view buys and all that stuff, a lot of that had to do with CM Punk, a big portion of it, because he's the final piece. And, and it was always like, I remember when, we were, when they were just talking about AEW and it was like, dude, imagine if they could get CM Punk. And then it's like, oh, wow, that would be huge. They got him. And honestly, I think when it comes to legacy, I think people are going to look back at his AEW run and be like, man, there's some damn good stuff in this thing. Yeah. You know, I wish I wish this thing would have went a lot longer. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I, the whole thing's unfortunate to me. And I think that, that it's like if – if the way that they treated him didn't work, there is no way this will work. There's just no way. Like he, he was given everything. And because Hangman did a promo on him that we as a general audience really had no idea about. I never watched that promo and be like, bro, like we didn't get on live rounds the next week. And we were like, Dude, Hangman shot on Punk and humiliated him. Oh, my God. Like, I can't believe he went there. Like, nobody really knew. And yet, like, here we are where it's like the unforgivable sin, and he literally basically threw away his entire career over it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Like, uh... Nick here. 
says i can see punk doing commentary somewhere where and for what you know like like i mean he does commentary on ufc fight pass i don't know if he still does that or not but he was doing like titan fights or some like low level you know commentary job uh commentating on fighters i would and we're not going to go down all that but then so like in and pro wrestling we're like where like if not AEW, like you think it's gonna go to and also why risk like having having him on commentary like burying your talent you know what i mean if he just is having a bad night and decides he wants to you know Give his really real opinion. Give Adam Hangman Page a fair shot on commentary. Oh I'm saying in, in, in any company. I mean, like no, but I'm just like, saying, like, imagine, like, if it's somebody he doesn't like, like the shots yeah. that he would throw out, it sound worse than Jim Ross. Oh yeah, no, I agree. So I don't know. I mean, I under he's he's always been good on the microphone, so I understand um, the line of thinking, Nick, about you know because I he's he has done good commentary in the past. Like I, I always thought he was entertaining when he joked when people would come. Like fight like uh, you know near the announce table and talk about people knocking over his diet Pepsi and stuff like you wear like the funny suits and stuff like you know he's good on commentary but at this point he I just feel like he's just a liability across the board and he's a guy with like no leverage like look if he went back to WWE it would it would it would pop big for like a few weeks and then it would just be like the same the same old shit you know because like like and, and also see I'm punk in it. This is also different than 10 years ago or seven years ago or whatever, eight years, whatever it was when Punk left WWE, where he was like at his peak popularity and then like kind of started going dark on social media. And like there was like a lot of interest about it. Like he's gaining millions of followers and it's like all these people were seeing Punk. Now I don't feel like it's that way really at all. Like I feel like he's really not that relevant. He's not relevant at all when it comes to like the mainstream or pop culture at all at this point to any degree. Like so. You know, I think now, he's more now relevant he's just, now he's just an old a, that burned a bridge with his last company. I think he's more relevant in a sense of like, hey, AEW, we got your big piece that you bragged about having for so long. Ha, ha, ha. In that way, I don't necessarily know if he's as relevant like when it comes to the Hall of Fame CM Punk is returning to the WWE. Like, I just don't know. I mean, it's been a long time since he's been there. And then, like I said, like, you can't not know what happened with him in AEW. So, it's... That's it's, nothing, it's though. In that, for that argument, though, like, about, like, them getting, an, like, an AEW, like, you got your guy that you went... That's nothing, though, compared to them getting Cody. Like, they've already done that. Like, they can't top that. that you know what I mean? Like, if they want to look at it and be like, we got your guy, like they took, yeah. they, they got Cody already. So that's, yep. you know, then the only thing that's even comparable would be them getting like Omega in the box. Like, that's, yeah, you know. that would be, that would be brutal. Yeah. Definitely no. don't want to see it. Um, but Hey, the, depending on how things continue to go. Yeah, I agree. Especially if it's bad, like in the, and they don't like the way that they were treated. I don't necessarily blame them for wanting to leave, especially like, I feel like that they've almost been replaced by Jericho, Danielson, and Moxley. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then they're just coming back now as just like wrestlers. And I think that that could be part of the hangup as well, is that the EVP titles might be taken from them. And then what does that look like and all that stuff? So, like, I don't know if they're going to be around much longer. And I think Tony Khan's fooling himself if he thinks it's not that big of a deal. I think it's a huge deal. And I think if those guys do show up to the WWE with Cody, that looks bad. That looks oh, yeah. really, really bad, just optics-wise. Yeah. So I, I 
try to work it out. That's all I can say. Try to work that part out. Okay, let's just talk about the other alternative, right? CM Punk somehow stays. Let's just say. Uh, uh How does that that work? You can't give him the world title again. I agree with that. I do think that there are definitely guys that he can work with, like a Jericho and stuff like that, that I think would work. But then you just have Jericho. But man, dude, Jericho's promos on Punk would be beautiful. Yeah, oh my bad. god! And Punk's <laughs> promos back at Jericho would be amazing. Like I, I think that would be incredible. Honestly, could you name a bigger match than Punk versus Adam Hangman Page in a rematch? Oh no, that'd be that'd be great if they like if they could work it out. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, there are still big matches for CM Punk if he wanted to get his stuff together and figure this thing out. But I just don't know if they even want to go there. I also find it pretty crazy that there's a lot of reports that Brit's a problem and Brit and Thunder really hate each other and all that stuff. Like, there just seems like, and then Sammy, I mean, man, like, it's like nuclear heat on this kid. Like, they want him out. Not saying the company wants him out, but like media writers, fans, like it is a lot after him. So I just think they need to kind of just calm everything down, just get things going again. Let's talk about wrestling. Let's, you know, because the same thing with Thunder too. Like we're not really acknowledging her. We're not really bringing up the fact that she's our champion or anything. It's just just all Tony Storm now. And yet she's the interim. But I don't know. I just don't I, – I, I don't love the interim thing at all anyways. I just don't. Um, I feel like if she was – do you think that I, – I, it's all speculation. But, like, I don't think that Thunder Rosa was so – like, do you – I'm not saying that I believe this. But the, the rumors is that, like, she's not as hurt as she leads on, but she did not want a job for the belt. Do you think that that could be possibly true? Uh, do I think it could possibly be true? Yes, but yeah, I'm not I'm saying, saying it's a fact. yeah, it's yeah. A fact. Um, I think it's possible, but I, I don't. I don't think that is what happened. But I, I like. I think it's possible. It's just. It's just weird because we never heard anything about her being hurt, and then once that she has to face Tony Storm in the rematch, where it was pretty clear she was going to lose, it was like yeah. she's hurt. So, yeah. I, and they kind of they kind of hinted that too. And then she's all talking about like, and, and she she cut like this promo on Busted Open, where it was basically saying like, if anybody has a problem with it from that locker room or whatever, they can you know. And it's like, dude, would you guys just stop? Just <laughs> stop. Enough is enough. Like, quit acting like you're all Mister Hard Asses and like just stop. Like, I Thunder Rosa got her ass kicked in the cage. We've seen it before. Like, quit acting like you're Billy Badass, too. Like, I'm tired of these people. Like, we watch pro wrestling for scripted entertainment. Right. Like, y'all are not professional fighters. Quit acting like you're all these badasses and all this stuff. Like, the, the gimmick's up on there. Like, the 1980s is over. We know what real fighting looks like. We know what real martial arts looks like. I just, I find the whole thing just bizarre that like, and and what's weird is it's like, it's like a domino effect. 
Like it all started with like Sammy and Eddie Kingston. And then it's like, where I think that that was the first one. And then it was like shortly after that, then punk. Cause then it was like, you have to suspend them because Eddie got suspended for slapping Sammy or whatever. And then it was punk in the elite. And apparently Britain thunder gotten into it. And like, she was hidden, hiding in the bathroom from Jamie Hader because Jamie yeah. Hader, she, she broke Jamie Hader's nose. And then on top of that, you have Sammy and Andrade. And it's just like one after the other after the other. And I'm just like, when did everyone all of a sudden just start to think that they could just fight all the time? Or did like, did news just not used to get leaked out as much because they used to be all in like one big, uh, uh, like when they were all in uh, Florida and they were all together all the time. And now that they're not, they're like more free and like, I don't know, but it just feels like, it feels like a calculated effort to make it seem like it's total chaos back there. And then they would make reports where like MJF's a locker room leader and it's not as bad as what people have been saying it is and all this other stuff. So I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know for sure. Sorry, it's starting to kind of come down here. It's raining pretty good. Um, no, good. Someone said, "Yeah, Brit." Brittany said, "Brit doesn't stand a chance in a real fight with Rosa." Yeah, absolutely. Rosa has like actual MMA experience. Although, you know, that's kind of contradictory because I, oh, I pick all these people against CM Punk, who also does have MMA experience. I think Thunder Rosa looks way better in an MMA um, fight than Punk does. Fact, I think she, I think Jamie Hader might give her a run for her money, though. That could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, be but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't really know where uh, where they're gonna go. I mean, Thunder Rosa stuff is is just, but I'm with you though with all the backstage stuff. Like, uh, I don't know when at all, like if it's been bad for longer or what. But it feels like when AEW started, it was way more of like a family type vibe. Like, I, I've said it a lot. People know I'm sounding like a broken record, but I think Cody leaving was was bigger for backstage morale and stuff than like what people realize at the time. Like I think he was the glue for a lot of that stuff with a lot of the talent. Then, and the, I mean, it's a lot of. Do you think that, though, mm-hmm. real quick though, do you think that he was also in charge? He also brought in some crap. What do you mean, like people that he signed? Like Nightmare Factory. Like we had so much Nightmare Factory on AEW. And now we don't have hardly any of it. I think he was probably thinking, so there was a lot, there was kind of a shift in a lot of ways. So like, so the best way I could probably describe it would be like uh, when AEW started, I think, and I can't, I can't attribute this like specifically and completely to Cody. This is just like reckless speculation on my end, but yeah, we're fans. Yeah. I, I think that it's possible that like Cody might have been more of the mindset, and the the Bucks and Omega may have also been in this mindset as well to to a degree too. Where like when AEW started, they really had to try to build new stars and like long term stars in the company. So like Darby was getting a push, and the Nightmare Factory was getting a lot of screen time, and like um there was there was the Dark Order, like you know just there was stuff that was like like you know long term. You could you could tell that there was going to be plans for certain people, and like. Hangman, the seeds were planted for his world title run like years before it happened and all this stuff. And at at some point, you know, during the pandemic, when all these people wound up getting released by the WWE and AEW started bringing in more and more people, 
I, once you, I've said it a thousand times, like they needed, they, they should have brought those people in. Like you can't just be AEW and be like, yeah, that guy's available and just like ignore it. You know, like I, I get why they did, but I think a lot of the, a lot of it changed. So it, it, it shifted from like having to build the dark order members and having to build, um, you know, Brian Pillman Jr. And having to build like these people that like, you know, that it looked like they were going to have to try to build over time because they got Danielson and Adam Cole and, and Kyle O'Reilly and all these people that like came, came in and were just ready to go at like main event levels that were worldwide well-known talents and all this stuff. So it's like, I think that's a big part of it. Like it's just circumstantial. I think that when, like, of course we saw a lot of nightmare factory when, we thought that like that was what a lot of the future of the company was going to look like was you were, you're going to have to build like a Nick Camarado and Anthony Yogo and, uh, and hook and all these people long-term and stuff. And then it's like Lee Johnson, Lee Johnson. Right. And, and I, I don't, and I just think that like a lot of things changed when they got access to like a lot of talent that could immediately make, you know, could immediately pop ratings yeah. and, and sell tickets and stuff. I mean, it's really, I don't want to say once in a lifetime, cause who knows what's in the future, but like it's so rare the circumstances that you'd be a new company and you within a year you would have access to pretty much all the hottest wrestling free agents like exactly. that you could possibly imagine yeah. you know like that just isn't supposed to happen adam cole is not supposed to be a free agent kyle o'reilly isn't supposed to be a free agent brian danielson wasn't supposed to be a free agent like Malachi Black boom, when he came boom, in. Malachi Andrade. Yeah. Like it was just boom, 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 boom. Miro. Um, just constant. And guys were getting released left and right that you could pick up. And then you're just like, oh, we got too much. And it's Keith Lee and Swerve. And it's just I guess nonstop. So I think that that's a big part of it too, is like learning to manage what you had and how you go forward because let's be honest like joey janello is supposed to be a bigger piece of the company sunny kiss all these other guys that they brought in at the time that they just pivoted because it's like look we now have this person instead and you can't blame them and like that's part of good business honestly is to give us the best product and i think that they did that um i think they they lost their way a little bit but i think they're also getting back to it because like i said you didn't have mjf and for a while and then you didn't have the bucks and you didn't have omega now and you don't you don't have cm punk and you don't have adam cole and you don't have like certain people that you had don kyle o'reilly but a lot of that's due to injury and unforeseen circumstances and all that stuff but because they're so deep they can still put on crazy shows like tomorrow's card's really good oh yeah like their shows continue to be great brian danielson versus sammy guevara is a is a really good uh match that i've always wanted to see um penta versus john moxley is another match that i've always wanted to see that i'm looking forward to um there's there's a lot of good ftr or uh, versus uh or is it yeah it's ftr right versus swerve and uh swerve in our glory that's more too yeah i yes. know it's coming up yeah. but yeah for the number one contendership so i mean it's a really good card mjf's also supposed to talk again um so yeah, it's a it's a really good card, and uh, they they still are able to maintain and keep going, and so you got to give them props for that. But but there's definitely frustration in, in some of the things. But like man, guys, like this is a three year company. 
Like there, yeah. there's so many, and, and, and one one and a half of it, one and a half years was in the pandemic. Like I would have loved to see Cody's last year in AEW in front of a crowd. Like I could have probably potentially changed a lot of things. You know what I mean? So I don't know. There's definitely, and not only that, they held off on doing a lot of stuff till there were crowds. You know, so we didn't. We might have never even got to see the full vision of what they wanted to do. So. For sure. And like like you know, Brody didn't get to debut in front of a crowd. Never got to wrestle in AEW in front of a real crowd. Like that stuff sucks, you know. Yeah, it sucks too. Cause like Cody meant so much to that company during the pandemic. Like I remember him doing like the the whole like speech like in the middle of the ring, like when like the crowds stopped being able to be there and stuff. And then yep. just to think that he was like the guy being like the face of it all. And now he's not even there. Like, it's just crazy still. But, you know, that's well, that's that's where I think we're just at with AEW. I think there's just a big change. And they all WWE also has to be um, conscious of the idea of, like, let's just say hypothetically. Obviously, I hope this doesn't happen. But let's just say hypothetically. Right. CM Punk, they're, you know, he's going to be out regardless for another, like, you know, seven or six months maybe i don't know i, I, don't I think if he went to wwe hypothetically SummerSlam would make a lot of sense if okay, that's so what he would do so let's say that he he does that at SummerSlam, or that's like the i would be the idea but let's let's say that like maybe cody talks to the bucks in omega or something and they're like they're like hey like you know our contracts are up and you know x amount of months we're not going to resign so like let us know if there's interest and cody goes to like Triple H and he's like, "Hey, Bucks and Kenny are are interested. Don't bring Punk in. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. like, because like, you know what I mean? Like, why cause that problem again somewhere else? Like that. In, yeah. in, you know, I don't think they're gonna want to work in the same. If they can't figure things out in AEW, I don't think they're gonna want to work together in another company. So, not to mention like Punk hates Shawn Michaels. Um, we had a we had a super chat that." Uh, Alexander Fitzgerald yep, appreciated yep. Punk hates AJ Styles. Yep. Like that's just a toxic guy to bring in, man. Like he has his own enemies. And I, I just I don't know if 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 it's the best idea. But man, the buzz of it, like you it's it's hard to turn down when you can get that type of buzz and get people excited and all that stuff, you know. So I wouldn't rule it out. That's why they say in this business, never say never. That's why, honestly, I just don't know if like Tony and Punk are only a phone call away to figure it out either. You know, like that's why I wouldn't rule that out either because I really feel like time heals all wounds as well. And so, you know, maybe Punk in reflection sits back at home and just thinks how much he screwed this whole thing up and wants another shot or, you know, like I don't know if you can sell that to the locker room. That would be my biggest concern. But I, I really don't think everything is off the table till it's completely done. You know I mean, what I mean? If I'm Tony, although once again I think the best idea is for AEW to, to split with Punk completely, but if if they could somehow, even for just one night, like if they could somehow put Kenny Omega and, and CM Punk together for a match after all this, like that would be so huge. insanely huge. <laughs> yeah. Huge. Yeah. Be like, I tried to save your dog. Yeah. I saw you actually hit, but you look like you actually tried to punch Matt Jackson. Yeah. Oh, 
gosh, we're not going to go there. Right? But yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. Like, could you imagine if double or nothing to see a punk versus Kenny Omega in Las Vegas? It's a huge, it'd be huge. It'd be huge. Um, huge. Then that would be another fun one where like, if something went, went wrong in that match, that'd be fun because like Omega would, would handle him. <laughs> well it would be interesting too which i always thought is ftr would be on punk side young bucks would be on Kenny's side that whole thing goes that way you know what i mean so it's like you could still do that because that that shouldn't be over either like they've had two matches two really good matches and that doesn't need to be the end of it wait ftr and punk no ftr and the bucks Oh yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about like FTR and Punk like teaming. It's like a trio. No, so I'm really saying, good. but just yeah. like, just like you know, in the buildup, it's like the the elite versus Punk, but now he has backup with FTR in in the buildup, and then the actual match is Kenny and Punk. But you could yeah. do in the same pay per view, Bucks versus FTR as well. Yeah, that that's true. Uh, Alexander Fitzgerald. That's true. You know about Matt Hardy and Edge working together with personal issues and th those were very public personal issues as well that like the whole fan base knew about and stuff so i agree with that i mean dude karen uh angle with uh freaking jeff jared and karen. kurt angle literally in that company that was, weird. that was bad after an affair is like they had pay-per-view matches because it was best for business like yeah. it, it you you can do it you just have to have everyone agree what's best for business. Remember when they had that like weird like MMA like when Jeff Jarrett was like trying to pretend like he was an MMA yep. fighter for a little while. Yep. Frank Trigg, all that crap. Yeah, that was real bizarre how they tried to do that Listen, for some reason. You got to give them credit for for trying new things, but sometimes it just didn't work at all. No, no, sometimes it just didn't work at all. You're right about that. So another interesting thing that I keep seeing, and I don't know if you know anything because, you know, you are the weekender and all this stuff, but um, Brett keeps teasing about streaming deals. Uh, we keep hearing rumors about WWE, Joey Janela and them are promoting WWE <laughs> Raws and SmackDowns. You know, Brett's posted pictures with Stephanie before. I will say this. If you are the WWE, and you are looking for indie talent, that is probably the best relationship that you could have when it comes to just trying to find indie talent. Yeah. Like, okay. How legit do you think this is? Like some people are saying that GCW might show up on, like might be on Peacock. Like what, what, where do you see this happening? And I see that like fight has been signing exclusive deals with independent companies lately. Um, what, what are you expecting on some of these announcements that GCW is kind of hinting at? Um, so I don't really know really much about anything that anyone else really wouldn't would know about, I guess. But like, right. you're not breaking uh, here. No, but I, I, I mean, I definitely agree that GCW would be the best place that WWE could could use to like scout and like filter in talent, especially if it prevents that talent from going to AEW. If they have some sort of like deal where it's like GCW feeds into WWE, you know, that would be a big hit to, big hit to AEW's future too, I think. Um, like almost evolve, right? Like, yeah, like something that. like that. Yeah. 
Um, I've but heard I also rumors- think that that's like the beginning of the end for most independent companies when that happens, because then it's like you can't be the same. And like, like think about Evolve for, I mean, like Evolve became nothing um, once it signed with WWE. So take that for what you will. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've heard rumors about the whole idea of them being on Peacock and stuff. I I don't see that happening, like, on that platform. Like, I think they'd have to change a lot of their product for them to be able to do that. Here's the thing. It depends on what route GCW wants to go. Because if they're willing to sacrifice doing a lot of their deathmatch stuff, then they're going to have a lot more options. But, like, a lot of what makes them them like they're gonna lose a, a good chunk of their audience too i think if like they find out like there's no more death matches and it gets like you know if they change the company too much there's gonna, definitely gonna be pushback from that audience um we see it we saw like what wwe cw looked like you, you wouldn't want anything similar to that happening with gcw but i uh, i think it'd be really cool if they had some sort of relationship where guys like jordan oliver and Cause it's weird. Cause like, you know, Nick Wayne already assigned AEW. So what do you do in a situation like that? You know, like there's Nick you know, Wayne isn't too far from 18 at this point though. Right. That's close. Being really close. Yeah. Yeah. So and I don't I mean, know if he even needs to turn 18. I think he just has to graduate high school, but I mean, a lot of people it's right around the same time for. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I know like Billy Starks is in the same boat. I think she's probably, if not 18 this year, probably like the year after. I mean, so like she's, she's going to be starting to get massive offers, I think. Um, yeah. so, um, yeah, the future is super, super bright, but yeah, I, but yeah, no, I, I obviously, I want GCW to do whatever's best for them. Cause I'm obviously a big fan of their product and I really don't want to see really anything about their product change, but yeah, I think it'd be badass to know like Cole Radrick has like a foot in the door potentially for WWE. You know what I mean? Like that it'd be really cool to know, you know, that the, the future is a little more, you know, you got a little, you know, there's more eyes on you from that company that are potentially going to bring you in if you're interested. Well, it's like Gabe Sapolsky is like scouting talent and things like that. So, I mean, he's kind of become like the William Regal, it sounds like to me. Yeah. And um, like I said, in GCW, there's definitely guys that, and it's like, it's not even if they were in the show, but just by having a relationship with Brett, You'd be like Brett. You know, we need the we need a high flyer, or Brett. We need somebody like that. Brett can point you in the right direction of guys that you might want to be looking at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got a pretty good eye for like. Well, it kind of goes both ways, I guess, because like he has a really good eye for talent, but then a, a lot of the talent sometimes like gets canceled. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So like. That, 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 AJ, that AJ Gray one is a huge one. And then not that, Atticus Coger as well. Like, losing wanna... both of those guys, I'm just saying, like, losing both of those guys, when it's you a lot. put a promotion in them and everything, and then to just kind of like, just, okay, now what do we do? Like, that's that's not easy. Yeah, they've been, there's been, there's been, and a lot more than that, that I've been, you know, so it's like, and that's not, I'm not saying that's like, a, that's like GCW's fault. I mean, that, that could happen no. in any company, but it's just, it has happened a lot to them. Um, Especially so. in the independence, because you don't necessarily know all what these guys are doing. They show up on the weekend and that's really kind of it. They're not really necessarily signed to like exclusive contracts or anything else. So it's, it's kind of the wild, wild west. Probably very but little they, background check. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you, you don't know what's going to happen, but 
I do think it's definitely affected them. And then it's like, kind of like, what do you do from there? You know? Yeah. I don't know. Cause I, I still think they've been looking for a predecessor for Nick Gage to this day. Yeah. I, I haven't said, I, I still feel like it could be Jordan Oliver. He makes no sense to me, but I, it also looks like they're going to go with Jordan and Nick Wayne as a tag team more. I mean, both they, they still do their singles things, but they've, they've been getting big tag team wins lately that make me think that they could be next in line for the tag titles. Maybe I think it'd be cool to see Jordan have a scenario where like he's the tag champion, but also like gets the belt from Gage. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm really high on Jordan just because I think they've built him really well. And he's like a homegrown guy. And I really think a homegrown guy should be the one to get the rub off Gage. But, um, and, and they, he's been training with him so much and everyone knows about that. So like, I think that's kind of cool, but, because outside of that, I don't know who else is like really, really stands out as like who I think. Because also, I, like for what it's worth, I this is obviously this is not a report of any kind, but I think you know, like Cardona and Myers, like I don't know yeah. what their contracts look like right now with like Impact and all of the stuff that they do, but like I think Broski, I think he's going to go back. I really do. If 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 they if they can just work it out to where he can continue to do like his YouTube channel and have his action figures, like if, if he can keep doing his stuff on the side, I think now would be like the perfect time to like bring him back to the well, WWE. Not only that, yeah. not only that, but like he's so good for their their figure business. Yes, like, from Mattel, like, that relationship with him, huge, huge, huge. Yeah. So it's like if if you're just even just trying to get that more successful, he's worth signing. You know what I mean? I agree. Because, yeah. like, when Johnny Gorgano shows up and stuff, like, yeah, he likes it and all that stuff, but, like, it's nothing like Cardona, you know? So, I, yeah. And honestly, I would love to see him come in as Cardona. I don't even, I don't even think he should come in as Zack Ryder, you know, and, and come in as a heel. Zack Ryder never got me anywhere. I'm Matt Cardona. I've taken over the world. I'm back to claim what's mine, you know? I went off and became the Deathmatch King. Right. You know, <laughs> I, I, I up my value. And now I'm here to get what's mine. And the great thing about him is his style. It's not demanded to have some crazy great five-star match in the WWE. And he can pull it off where he has the charisma and things like that, where I think it would be, he has some very interesting storylines. Oh yeah. I I completely agree. And I think he up to stock. So like, that's, that's really what you want to do when you're a mainstay WWE guy and you're stuck in a rut. Like, Dolph Ziggler failed forever because he never left. Like he could have really changed this whole aspect of who he is as a wrestler, as a, as a, a legend or whatever. Like he's just, he's like, he's kind of like the, uh, uh, a Bobby Roode or something where it's like, he's just tag partners. <laughs> and that's why I think that's yeah. why they were chosen together. Yeah. It's like, they're both ultra really talented but they just never took that next step. But at yeah. least Bobby Roode, we saw the potential and how how good he could be in a different company. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's like, it's crazy that that's really the best way to get like a massive push in the WWE, it, it seems like is, I mean, we saw we saw with Brock years ago after he left and came back yep. with a more value. Obviously, Cody did it recently. Drew McIntyre yep. did it. Like, yep. there's, there's a track record. I've said it before, too. I think that's like, if you if you can go prove yourself elsewhere, then come back. You know that's then even, then you're undeniable. Like, even like AJ Styles, right? Like, yeah, you were great in TNA, 
But then like when he went to New Japan and ROH, it was like, holy crap, like he's the best wrestler in the world. Like, and then WWE had no choice but to be like, we're taking you, you're not going to NXT, you're going straight to the WWE roster and like, boom, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know. It's uh, cause like, imagine if Dolph Ziggler would have just like left and then faced like Kenny Omega in new Japan. Like I think his whole career is different. His whole career is different. And he never, think, he never wanted to do it. But I think he's like totally fine with it. And that's fine too. Like I, I think he I, really just is content with just, cause he's also one of those guys that's been there so long that he gets, there's maybe like five other wrestlers that might make more than he does in the entire company because of all the pay raises he's gotten over the years. Like he's a multi multi millionaire, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, you know, so, you know, and he gets to do his comedy stuff and whatever, you know, I mean, he, for him, it's, 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 you know, and he's made that decision over and over. Like I remember years ago, he used to complain kind of on Twitter about it, but I think at a certain point he just like accepted it. He's like, I yeah, love the money totally. I'm getting. I love the lifestyle. I'm a I'm a national international superstar making million dollars a year. Like, and this and by the way, no one's actually really winning or losing any of these matches. Like, so if you're gonna keep paying right. me this, like, you know, you put yeah, good for him. Yeah, I mean, and and I think too, like as fans, sometimes we want it more than they do. Right? Yeah, 100%. Like, that's very true. I feel that way, like with RVD. Like, I feel like RVD could have been one of the best of all time, and he just he didn't care. He didn't want it. He just wanted to, to smoke weed and wrestle, and that's that's fine. But like, I saw the rarity in the ability that he had that was just so much different. Like, I was trying to put him in Shawn Michaels category and like sean wanted it and he didn't and that's that's the difference like he just wanted to do his own thing and chill and all that but like dude you were so freaking good and that's the that's the frustrating side as a fan but at the same point man like not everybody's built that way not everybody wants the same things and you just have to kind of accept that yeah i i completely agree we talked about that before with you know, it happens in MMA. It happens in all types of sports and stuff. Like yeah. people that, you know, just don't really reach their full potential, but like they never really wanted to. It's just like, okay, like you know, you do you. A lot of the guys in MMA, a lot of the guys, they have a guy in the gym that is better than all of them, but he can't actually fight in the cage. But like, if he's going to do sparring or anything like that, like he's the best, or he has the best technique, or whatever. But it takes different mindset to actually get in the cage and fight somebody, right? Like there's there's people that are built that way and there's people that aren't, you know? Yeah. And I'm not one of those people. Although yeah, I'm not although I um I don't know if I can talk about this at all. I can tell you off air, but I've been talking about doing uh maybe a little a little something with a pro wrestling company soon. Not like wrestling a match, but like doing something locally, which is uh kind of exciting but my brother you know trains all these guys to do these charity boxing events like here in atlanta and like these guys are puds like i think i could take these guys so, like, <laughs> You're like give me a shot yeah. yeah and i'm like i talk a lot of trash about guys like cm punk and i'm like yeah I, you know i think i think if i could beat up listen i think if i can get footage of myself beating up someone else who's also trained for the same amount of time as i have with like the same kind of base level going into it i can talk I can feel a little more comfortable talking kind of the trash I do about certain things, I think. So 
Now we get my ass kicked, then it's like, all right, you know, it just is what it is. But like, yeah, it's a little bit harder than I thought. <laughs> and listen, listen, I listen. I lost plenty of uh, wrestling match, like amateur wrestling matches in, in college. Like I've lost plenty of matches. Like I'm not, I'm, uh, you know, I I know how that feels. It, it sucks, but like mm-hmm. I, I I'm okay with it. Um, I would be okay with losing a boxing match, but like it's just one of those things. It's just kind of like I don't know, like. DDP, I'm not trying to make a full-on run at any of these things, but, like, when I think about it, I'm like, DDP didn't start wrestling until he was a year older than I am right now. Like, when you think about it, like, what's really stopping me from doing, like, a three-month training camp and, like, fighting some other guy who has, like, a full-time job? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It could be fun. No, I feel you. Well, you know, you only live once, right? YOLO, yeah. Hashtag YOLO. uh, (laughs) Yeah. We got a super chat that we didn't even go over, so let's go over this one too. Oh, it's from Vincent Valentine. Thanks, uh, Vince. I appreciate it, man. So, do you guys feel uh, Danielson could be booked and promoted as the new big star of AEW, just like Punk was? I feel like he has uh, taken a back seat to Punk in AEW. So, here's the thing with him he kind of reminds me of like Shawn Michaels in 2002, where it's like, he's just came back to kind of like wrestle and have a good time. But I don't know if he wants to be the guy, in my opinion, he should be the guy. He should be the guy at some point before he's out. I think it, it, I think it adds uh, more legitimacy to the title. I think it adds to his legacy. I just think that in general, he should be the champion there before he's done. And like he said, like when his contract's up, he's done. But I am kind of curious about that as well, especially like if all the house is in order and there's way better leadership and it's not as toxic and all that stuff, would he just sign like for one more year? You know what I mean? Like you just don't know. Like they say that and then the time comes and it's a lot harder for them to walk away. So I am curious um, what his move will be, but it doesn't sound like he has any desire to go back to the WWE. Um it seems like, like, honestly, if you could build foundational pieces for your company, your new wrestling company, and you tell me that you get John Moxley, Chris Jericho, and Brian Danielson, like, you take that all day long. So, I mean, it, they're in good shape. It's just, um, it's just a transition period. Like I said, started with all elite wrestling, started with the elite, and now we're moving on to something different. And, you know, and I think about it too, and it's like, would we be as bothered if the summer wasn't so chaotic? Like, if this was the only thing that happened, Punk didn't even get injured, Punk didn't break his foot, the wrestle, uh, the Forbidden Door card was everything that they wanted to be. There were no injuries. Adam Cole doesn't have a concussion. Like, Thunder Rosa doesn't isn't injured. Like, all the belts are there's no more interim anything, and this is the only incident that really happened. I don't think that we would be this bothered, but I think it's just a simple fact of like that summer, like it was just injury after injury and the card would get changed and interim titles and all that stuff. And then right when you had a sigh of relief, MJF's back, everybody's back, like let's freaking go. And then it's like, no, Punk's probably never coming back. The elite are suspended and you're just like, Oh, are you kidding me? Not only that, Adam Cole has a concussion that we have no clue when he's coming back. Like, it's just been one hit after the other after the other. And it's like, man, 
what what are we what are we gonna do? Remember Tony Khan even was like doing interviews leading up to the pay per view where he was like, "We're right around the corner from us being at full power with our roster." Yes. And, yes. Yeah. And like the Grand Slam, right? Like I thought that show was so much weaker than the one previous. Like it just it it didn't even. Like I think that last week's Dynamite was better than Grand Slam. Like I was not, I didn't love Grand Slam at all, and it should have felt like the biggest show that they could have possibly put on. And I mean, it's basically what they were able to do, whatever they had. But it just, it didn't feel special. It didn't feel like that show that you really had to watch. And so I just, I just hope that starting in January, I guess, because you know we're almost in November at this point, like. We can start the new year and everything's a go, and we can we can just go back to being full strength. Yep, I hope so. I mean, like we've said, even with all these you know problems we've talked about and the stuff they're trying to navigate with their leadership and everything, and what to do with Punk and the Elite and all that stuff, like the transition period with you know Jericho, Mox, Punk, and or uh, Jericho, Mox, and uh, and Danielson and all that, like they they they're putting on consistently really good shows like it's dynamite still a show, a show i think everyone needs to watch on wednesdays if you're a wrestling fan their pay-per-views 100%. are going to be one million percent can't miss still um yep. just a matter of like who's going to be on the screen and what they're going to be doing you know like but it's going to be a good show um i just hope that the backstage stuff doesn't like continue to linger as like getting as much if not more attention than what we're watching on the screen because it's like overshadowing the even even I guess see wrestling fans tweet about it all the time where they're like, that was a really good show. It's too bad that like I'm thinking more about what the hell is going on backstage and why I'm not yeah. why I'm not seeing the young bucks on my screen right now than like the show itself. It's just you know frustrating. Yep. So I agree. It's a, it's just a dark cloud that just needs to go away. Like it, it, and like I said, we like we've been saying for over, but like MJF winning the title kind of helps that cloud kind of go away because it is starting something new and fresh and different. And we'll just see what happens. I'm. It'll be, dude. It'll be very curious. Like I really hope that we have Kenny Omega for the Forbidden Door next year. Like no, I really hope. Better. <laughs> that that happens like we didn't get him last year and i mean it at this point too could you come up with a bigger match for the forbidden door than kenny omega versus will osprey like it's already been hinted at it's been built up on AEW TV. like that would be incredible like that would probably be like i might have to fly to chicago to go see that show yeah i could see you doing that yeah definitely Bill was uh, anywhere, but yeah. Bill was on a business trip to Chicago, and he was at the United Center, and he was like, "Dude, it's doable. Like, we could totally do this." And I'm like, nice, dude. I hope you guys do. Like, I, I, I like Chicago. I, I like, uh, I like visiting there. Like, if I'm there for like maybe like three, four days at a time, it's a, I like, I like the city and stuff. Yeah, I've been yeah, to Soldier Field before. Saw the Vikings beat the Bears one time. There was cool. We better beat the Bears. That's all I got to say. I'm going to be so pissed if we lose the Bears. Like, all of a sudden, they want to play good. Like, what are we doing? Like, well, you you can just, like, play bad for one more week. I also think that the, the Patriots aren't that good, though. I just – their defense is pretty good. Like, they, they, they've been good. They weren't good. But I, but it's, it's like, also finally – because here's the thing, too. Like, we're in week seven going into week eight. Like, 
people are still figuring out who they are, what they are, if they're bad, if they're good. Like it's, it, we're getting closer to like, I always say by Thanksgiving, by Thanksgiving, you know who you are, but until then we'll see. Yeah. I, uh, so you know, I've every week and I, I, I've done, I have other jerseys, you know, I've got my monsters and my Winfield jerseys. I have some like kind of random Vikings from, from past years that no one would just obscure guys that no one would, would care about. But right. I have, you know, I got, I got, but I've mainly all season. I've been wearing my Adam Thielen jersey. It's like the new one with like, it's like the current jersey, um, like the current graphics and stuff, the new material and all that. But I do really want a Justin Jefferson jersey also now. Like I feel like I've got to like really, like you know, I appreciated Randy Moss when when I had him as a kid. Yeah. But like, yeah. But you know, I was a kid and like kind of felt like, like I didn't. I and now I've been through the struggle of being a Vikings fan for you know almost three decades so like right so now it's like okay so i gotta get a jefferson jersey so i'm thinking i'll probably get the uh probably get the white version with like the purple letters since like because he's number 18 and like it would look exactly like this jersey that i have already because Thielen's 19 so like yeah i think about getting one of the or maybe i don't know what their alternate ones are i think every team has like a random like black alternate and like the vikings have one that's purple with like yellow numbers instead of white numbers maybe i'll do one of those but like, and I'm also kind of feeling maybe getting a cousin's jersey this year. I'm like, I mean, this guy, like, he's playing Oof. good, dude. He's playing Oof. good. We're winning Oof. games. You might want to burn that later on, though. You don't know. That's gonna be tough. Man, I like cousins. I like what I'm seeing. You want to see some of the figures I got real quick before we get out of here? Yeah, sure. Did you uh, did you appreciate Diggs when you had him? Yeah, oh, I, I love Stefan Diggs still to this day. Um, I don't, yeah. I have, and I have no ill will. I'd probably be pissed off at him had we not got Justin Jefferson out of the whole thing. But right, um, since it worked out so good for everybody, makes it a lot easier. Yep. Yeah. And here's the thing: I, I, I think he had legitimate grievances. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that it was necessarily him versus Kirk. I think it was more him and Zimmer, and like, like why, why, like why are we running the plays we're running? Why are we? Like, what are we doing here? Um, you're not getting me the ball. And um, and so, yeah, once again, it obviously was, was us getting getting Jefferson out of picks we got for Diggs. Like, that worked out great. So, yep. and, and Diggs, I like seeing Diggs do his thing in, in, uh, in Buffalo. I think it's good. Like, I, I, I legitimately cheer for the guy every game. Like, I think it's incredible yeah. seeing him go out there. And he looks like, he looks like he's going to go out there and, like, break records and stuff. Like, he catches yeah, everything. Diggs is so. amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. So I got some quick weekly purchases this week for you guys. Um, all of the Funko Pop variety. So um, there's a. I'll give a shout out to the website. You've probably heard of it. It's called Zavi Z A V V I, I think. Um, okay. But um, they have like a lot of stuff uh, and a lot of stuff on discount. But they got like a ton of Funko Pops, and I also got like some South Park merch, like a beanie and a T-shirt and stuff, because it was like, t- like eight dollars on discount and stuff. So they had, they had really good stuff. So they had a, a Funko Pop sale that I think is probably still going right now where um, you got four Funko Pops for a total of $20. So they're $5 a pop, mm-hmm. literally $5 a pop. Right, I knew you were going to say that. I didn't even mean like, but anyway. It's so, yeah. All right, so first one here, I got China. Okay. Finally, uh, finally got her. I've been seeing her on like the pegs for a while. Um but uh, at five dollars, I thought it was good. And same with Oscar. So I've got China and Oscar nice. my collection. And then 
the rest of these all go in a set and i think these are great so i already have the other three in this set but now i've got the secret of the ooze turtles so i didn't realize before i purchased them that um they actually have like he's holding the donuts that they like drug token Rez yeah. Rez yeah. yeah. so like that's cool um but Raphael's just in like a fighting stance, which you know, which is fine. Raphael's right. head, that's fine with me. Um, right. Leonardo has the canister of ooze. Okay. Pretty badass. And then this is my favorite one. And this is like a real deep dive for like real fans of the movie. I really like this. Donatello, you can see he's doing like the the finger point. Like when oh, he was yeah. like pretending to be yeah. the you know, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I, I marked out for this. So um, I already have the Toka, Razar, and um, Shredder from this set. So I now have all of the I, – I, I collect specifically for Secret of the Ooze. I, and yeah. I collect some various, like like the uh, – like I have like that sign Sting, Raphael, and stuff like that. But like I'm mainly, mainly Secret of the Ooze. So, um, yeah, I'm very happy. Getting these at $5 per um, – yeah, so that, that's everything I got this week. It was just the six, the six uh, Funko Pops. And then my buddy Mike Hughes um, got a couple others um, in the box that um, so we could round it out and get the discount. So He's doing the scissors. <laughs> scissors for <laughs> me, Daddy. There you go. So, yeah. <laughs> Anything else you wanted to cover real quick, MMA-related, that we didn't get into? No, not really, man. I mean, this is pretty uh, – pretty good uh amount of stuff we got in this week i uh i don't know who's uh who's who's this weekend for you for ufc i think it's actually a pretty good main event um, oh yeah i think it is too so th- we were just ufc 2a let me pull this up isn't um, it a oh yeah calvin cater versus arnold allen that's really yeah. awesome. that's fire and you know you know me i love the featherweights like that's a yeah that's a big one i like that um, I'll take Arnold Allen actually in that one. Yeah, I'm not sure about Calvin Cater. I'm worried that he's taking too much punishment at this point to where like I don't know how effective he'll be. And the thing is too is like I don't see this fight not being a war either. Like he's gonna take a lot of damage, but I just don't know how much longer he can take damage like that. I agree. You know, I think I think Cater is game and can beat anyone in the, in the division like on the right night, but he fights a lot of wars and a lot of them are really close. Like you just said, I'll and- never forget the Max Holloway fight though. He took an ungodly amount of beating in that fight to, to where it's like, you know, that took years off his career. Like that's, that's right. not one of those fights that like you just bounce back from like, that's yeah. a fight that kind of really does its damage and takes its toll. And Arnold Allen, like he's young and explosive and like hits really hard and can also take you down if he wants to. And like, I just think he's just gonna be too much for Cater. Um, Cater just recently lost in Austin, right? Like, who did he face? He faced. Um, it was. Um, I gotta pull it up. It was uh, Josh Emmett split decision, which yeah, I, I agreed with the decision. I thought Emmett took it, but it was a close yeah. fight. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just starting. You're just starting to kind of see a decline, and I just I feel like I feel like I'm, I'm with you. I think Arnold's gonna win as well. And honestly, outside of so the rest of the main card, there's not really a whole lot else really worth talking about, to be honest. On the on the prelims, though, uh, give a, a quick shout out. We got Chase Hooper back because um, you know he's still in the company. He's what like 20 now or something years old. Um, so young. 
I remember when he won like some of his early UFC fights and they were interviewing him. They were, he did his fight in Vegas and he did his post fight interview. They were like, so you're, you know, 19 years old. How are you going to celebrate tonight out here in Vegas? And he's like, well, you know, I, you know, I'm only 19 or whatever. So me and my family are going to the M&M's museum. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like this guy just won a UFC fight. And he can't go like have a beer at a bar because he's not old enough. Nope. Yeah, that's so crazy. Nope. <laughs> go to the M&M's Museum. Um, and he There's was a dope about... M&M store on the strip though. I went into it when I was a double or nothing. Oh, I believe that. But then he also, I remember him talking about like, which M&Ms are the best kind of M&Ms, like between like the peanut ones and the regular ones. And like, the... <laughs> I was like, man, this is pretty funny. Um, that's tough. And then uh, the, the real shout out I want to give, though, for this card is my my heavyweight goat, Andre Arlovsky, is back in the octagon. And he's fighting Marcos Rogerio de Lima, who is pretty good, um, but it's a mixed bag. Like, he, huh? You're picking Arlovsky. Oh, of course. I, I, I always pick Arlovsky. But right. with with good reason though, because this they've been for for years now. The, like if I go back on his record, to which is start with uh, Jairzinho Rosenstrike. He fought him in uh, November two thousand nineteen. Rosenstrike knocked him out, and yeah. so once again, this is November two thousand nineteen. And I think UFC is thinking, okay, let's just find somebody to like build a name off Arlovsky from here on out. After that. They match him with Felipe Lenz. Arlovsky beats him. They match him with Tanner, Tanner Bozier. He beats Bozier. Match him with Tom Aspinall. Aspinall beats him, but Aspinall looks like he could be like the next world champion potentially. Right. Um, then since then, Arlovsky beat Chase Sherman, Carlos Felipe, Jared Bandera, and Jake Collier. Like all these guys that they like are like on paper, UFC is like, all right, this, like go make a name off Arlovsky. Arlovsky is he's beating yeah. these guys. I right. love it. I love seeing it. So, yeah, I'm going to keep riding the Orlovsky train. And, and at that division, dude, because if he wins this fight, he'd be on a five-fight winning streak. Like, you never know. Like, yeah. he's a former champion. Like, But, dude, it would be cruel to put them in, put him in there with, like, someone like John Jones. Dude, like, but we, that, would, that would not go well at all. But we also thought that about Glover Teixeira. I'm just saying. Like, Yeah, I know, guess that's true. Yeah. You know? Like, Which, by the way, that rematch is going to be very interesting. I am going to take Glover again in that one. I oh, don't man. Know he, he, he had him so many times in that yeah. fight. So, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know, though, man. Like, ah, that's – God, why did he go to the ground? He had yeah. – Even he says that. He's like, he's like, I don't know why I went for, like, guillotine at the end of the fight. Like, he's like, but I like if I'm the UFC, like, even if he wins a title, I don't think he's going to fight much longer. Like, I think that could be it. Like, I think this is it either way, you know? I, I think it's possible, but I think that it's, I think it's admirable that, that uh, Prohaska is giving him the rematch. Because, dude, he is literally like a, in a, like a karate movie man. Like, I am about honor. I did not win honorably and I will give you your rematch. You know what I mean? Like, it's not about like, well, my agent is saying that I should probably avoid you because there's not really like a big payoff and I probably should fight the younger guy because then that'll help my stock go up. Like he's just like in the mountains meditating right now, thinking about fighting Glover Teixeira. You know, Didn't he like I mean? shave all his hair off too? Like after you yeah, won, he's like, I'm fresh start. He's not good enough. Well, or he's, he's not proud of his performance. Oh, so right. he's just like, <laughs> you know, I am not honorable enough to have this ponytail right now. 
I will win it back. You know, he's just a God, I remember the first time I saw him and I was like, where did this freak show come from? Like this dude is straight out of kickboxer. Like that's what it reminded me of. Like this is Tong Po. So yeah, that's uh I'm looking forward to that stuff. That'll that'll be good. But yeah, so the the, the card this weekend, nothing uh too crazy. Well we, that, we, oh, we didn't about, even talk yeah, about Jake, Jake Paul and Silva. Silva. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So prediction for the fight. Like you think that Jake Paul is gonna get merged for sure, or do you no. are you the part of you that is a little worried that Anderson might actually get caught and it doesn't go well? I'll be putting money on both guys in different scenarios, allegedly Dude, potentially. Son of, son of a bitch. My official prediction is Anderson Silva. But if Jake knocks him out, I'm not going to be surprised. I'm going to be sick to my stomach if Jake knocks him out. Like I will. If Jake wins, it will be because of. If Jake wins, it'll be because of knockout. Though, like he's not going to go out there and outpoint Anderson Silva. Eight round, eight rounds. I'm just worried that like Goofy Anderson shows up and he tries to play games and he ends up getting caught. That's my biggest concern. But, dude, I don't think Jake has felt a combination that Anderson's going to hit him with, and it is going to rattle his shit. I think he is – like, he got hit by, like, a punch from Tyron Woodley, but, like, Anderson will hit you with eight, and, yeah. like, you will go night-night. And, and like, I just feel like – I feel like Anderson's going to play with him for a little bit. But he's going to put it on him. I'm just worried that Jake catches him at some point before that where he can really take him out. Because Anderson is a showman. That's why the funny thing with Tito is, like, he just put him out because he just saw the opening. He was like, screw it. I was, I was trying to get, <laughs> yeah. get him out of here. But, like, I, I don't know. I, I pray it's, like, two rounds into total destruction by Anderson because I think there is a different level to this thing. And – I think it looks really bad if the MMA goat gets knocked out by the Disney kid. Like I know it's just optics. It's just optics. And mm -hmm. I, I just, I hate that. I will be sick to my stomach. Yeah. I mean, I, and not only that, there will be nobody that thinks it's legit. They will think 100% Anderson's uh, a good because there's just no respect. There's no respect for all that though. For I mean, that every time. Yeah. It's I, every time, I, I agree. But I mean, like Woodley, I can believe you can knock out Woodley, all that. And I can believe you can knock out Anderson. We've seen the chin not hold up as well anymore, right? But, I mean, the guy that showed up and put it on Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., like, if he does that to Jake, like, Jake is toast. Like, you haven't felt that pace. You haven't felt that cardio. You haven't really felt being hit in the body and in the face. Like, it's a different level in there. And and that's where I'm hoping that Anderson just takes him into deep water. Yeah, it's not just that; it's the pinpoint accuracy. Like Anderson's gonna like hit him perfectly in these spots that Jake's not used to getting hit in. Like, I don't even think Jake's gonna see it coming. No, same here. Yeah, he'll hit him with like a straight, like a straight right or somewhere, straight left. Like it'll be. I think it'll be similar. Obviously, like they can't throw kicks. But I think it's gonna look like the James Irvin Anderson Silva fight, where he just like gets him with like a straight, and Irvin just like you know what I mean, and, like just yeah. like gets him the nose really hard. And like, wait a second, what's going on? And I think just, I think Jake's gonna be like rocked by a jab. Yeah, like, all exactly. of a sudden he's just gonna get hit with a jab square on it. All of a sudden you see Jake start to back up, and he's hurt. You know, like yeah. 
I'm gonna throw a little oh, money on, on Jake in like the first though. Like just like if he catches him. What are you gonna be odds fresh. for that fight? I haven't even looked. I'll probably place like place these like the night the night before. Let me see something real quick. I just want to see. Although sometimes it's good to put them in early before the lines change too yeah, much. Sometimes they change in a good way to just depend. Hundred percent. But then I'm you sure end up putting your money on the line, and then all of a sudden you find out so and so has an undisclosed injury that yeah. nobody talked about, and all that crap. Exactly. Like That's my big thing with the NFL picks, especially yes. is like, like yes. people are like questionable. Like I can't like put money on them now because like they're not. I don't know how game time if they're even playing or not. Yep. Like uh, DeAndre Swift. Like you yeah. know. Wow, dude, this is crazy to me. Jake Paul is the favorite. I believe that. And he's minus 135, and Anderson's plus 110. Just money line to win? Yeah. Does it say what the odds are for a first-round knockout for Jake? I bet they aren't even that crazy. No. No. What, like, plus, what, plus, like, 300? Or, like, way higher than that? Uh, To me, if he's going to knock him out, he's going to do it early. So I would think that... I, so like the later rounds, I don't. Yeah. Honestly, I think these odds are trash. Like I think Anderson should be. I think Anderson should be like minus four twenty five, and Jake should be like plus three hundred. Yeah, that's what that I think. sounds reasonable. But dude, I thought that it was BS that Islam was favored over Oliveira, and I was definitely obviously wrong about that. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's it's not like Anderson's never boxed before. Like, we've seen sure. Anderson box. The only thing you have is age. Like, that's the really what it what what we're dealing with, and we don't know what Jake is. But I mean, dude, he's beat Tyron Woodley. He's beat Ben Askren. Anderson is a different level. He is an absolute different level. The I would love to see fight Vitor Belfort. You see, oh, you yeah, know that Vitor sure. is fighting uh, the guy that was supposed to fight Hasim Rahman Jr. Vitor's fighting him in Austin, and like I bet, like nobody's there, like nobody cares. But I'll tell you this yeah. thing: I think the celebrity boxing thing. I hate to break it to you, Stephen. It's about done. Like these are not getting the big buzz anymore. Oh. These are not doing well. Like um, the ticket sales are trash. Yeah, well, there's another one coming up. I think it's November 17th that I'll be watching. It's another one of those influencer boxing cards. Um, it'll include Ice Poseidon versus Brandon Buckingham. It should be a absolute shit show of an event. So, well, also uh, Uriah Hall versus Le'Veon Bell, and then Nate yeah. Diaz's boy versus that doctor, Doctor Mike, who fought Ida. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that should be interesting. So. Um, it's a kind of a freak show card. It definitely is a freak show card, let's be honest, but it's fun. Dr. So. Mike was in the main event of my favorite influencer boxer show of all time. Like, Creator Clash was my favorite one they've ever done so far. How, how did um, he do? Because he actually looked He won legit. the main event. Yeah, yeah. So the guy he fought had no experience, but his, his name is I, or he's called Idubs. He's the guy who, like, really put on the event. He was, like, the guy kind of behind it. He was kind of like the KSI or, like, the Logan Paul pretty much of, like, that event. Um, but he... um. He, but it was respectable. Both guys, both guys, it was respectable. Um, both guys look competent in there. Um, but Dr. Mike has, has like trained at least like to some degree, like cardio boxing or, you know, at least some sort of boxing training for the last like 10 years, at least to, to some level. Um, and I dubs has only really been going hard for the last probably like year and a half, two years. But 
Um, but both guys, like, honestly, Idubs and Dr. Mike look way better than, like, a lot of these, like, skinny from the nine and, like, Supreme Patty guys that, like, you see on these things, like, uh, 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 John Gotti and these, like, these guys who I could just keep naming and no one's going to know who I'm talking about. You know, here's a good example. Both guys would absolutely destroy Aaron Carter. Like, you know and what I mean? The other interesting thing is, too, is the guy that he's fighting um, is Nate Diaz. Boy, Nate Diaz is going to be there for him. So Nate Diaz will be around Jake Paul. That's tight. Just, just throwing that out there. So if Jake Paul somehow does knock out Anderson – or at least wins or whatever, then I wouldn't be surprised if he calls him out. Yeah. So that, that's, yeah. that's, that's fun, but no, like, dude, I'll, I'll be sick. I'll be sick to my stomach. If he knocks him out, my prediction is Anderson finally shows that Jake has bitten off more than he could chew. And I think Anderson beats him pretty convincingly. And I think, I don't know if he'll knock him out, but I definitely think he'll finish him. Yeah. I think I think uh, Anderson's going to finish him uh, probably fairly early on into the fight. It really just depends on how aggressive Anderson wants to be. Like, yeah, that, that's my be. biggest hangup. If I knew that right. Killer Anderson's going in there to just take him out because he like he does this thing too where he's like, "We have fun, we nice, we play," but then he like knocks Tito unconscious in twenty two seconds, and then there's also times where he's like, "I have so much respect, it's fine." And then, like, it's this boring-ass decision, and he doesn't try to kill anybody. So it just depends on what it's going to be. By the way, um, watch the all-access with Anderson and Jake Paul, and Anderson Silva shows off his figure collection, and it's awesome. And he's like, he's like, uh, you know, what do you buy? What do you buy? He's like, I buy figures, Spider-Man, X-Men. I love it all. And he's like, G.I. Joe. I grew up with G.I. Joe. <laughs> and he has like, it, it literally looks like this shit. Like he just has awesome. shells of figures everywhere. So I, I was like, holy that. shit. Like Anderson is like even more the goat than I thought. Yeah. You know? That's, yeah, that puts him on another, like, I might know, I might edge him a little bit higher than GSP now on our pound for pound all-time rate. I don't know. But yeah, like, like it's crazy. Like you're like, uh, you're like, Oh my God, he's one of us. I know I did. It's funny. He gets, he goes and destroys Shell Sonnen and he probably like went and bought a bunch of Marvel legends, but he's like (laughs) Stallone Schwarzenegger, like just going over and over, like who he all has. And I'm like, I have the same figures. Holy shit. Awesome. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah, my official prediction is um, is Anderson Silva. I don't know yeah. what round, but I'll. I mean, once again, it just matters. It, it all depends if he goes out there and uh, just wants to, just like you said, if he wants to go out there and just murk Jake early, I think he'll be able like, to do that if he gets in it. But that's like, also think about how think about how aggressive Forrest Griffin was mm-hmm. and how Anderson just like played with him. Yeah, I could see that. I could yeah. see that where Jake is just going to be constantly going for the knockout and Anderson is just going to dance around, but he's slower. His legs aren't the same and it might end up getting him caught. So that's my biggest concern is his age. And like, it's, but it's only an eight round fight. You know, it's not 10 rounds, not 12 rounds. So we'll, we'll see. I, I, I I feel pretty good about Anderson though. I think he's going to win. Yeah, I think the most likely scenario is Anderson goes out there and like 
they kind of dance around for like a couple rounds. Anderson, Anderson like gauges the distance and the speed and like that really starts timing him out and stuff. And then by like the third round or something, it's just like pinpoint accuracy, just taking him out. So but it's like frustrating. Cause I really feel like in his mind, if he's just all of a sudden, like it's go time, I think he can end it anytime he wants to. Yeah, like, I think, I think if he gets hit, if he hits if he gets hit good, I think that'll happen. Like if Jake actually lands like a good body shot or like actually hits him in the head at any point, I think Anderson's going to be like, all right, never mind. Like, yep. you know, oh, you're you're here to oh, you mean serious business? Okay, I'll go ahead and take you out then. Yeah, because yeah. remember when Julio Cesar Chavez hit him every time? He was just like, okay, come on, keep yeah. coming. And he would pelt him with stuff. See so. that's and that, but that's the thing is like. I obviously give a lot of credit to Anderson Silva and I, this is the fight that I wanted to see. I think this is like, like yep. this is the right fight for Jake yep. and for Anderson for boxing. But, um, but like Chavez jr. From everyone I've talked to is like, it really doesn't mean a whole lot for Anderson to beat that guy. Like he really isn't, even though he's like a former champion and stuff, it really isn't like what you think it is. And then the Tito Ortiz thing, obviously like, there's really no credit in that at all. I mean, he beat his ass, but like, you know, so it's like one of those things where like, I get the line of thinking of like, we've seen as crazy as it is. Jake Paul has been beating a higher level of competition, probably to some degree, like maybe not higher, like Ben Askren and, and Tyron Woodley. I mean, even, even though Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Is not like, Oh my God, he still has fought like the who's who of boxing. And he's been in there with a lot of guys and he has some credible wins. Jake Paul's fought two MMA guys. Like that's not in a basketball player. Right. Yeah. That was the Nate Robinson fight I forgot about. And it's not that. It's not the fact that he beat Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. It's the fact that he made that kid look stupid. It's the fact yeah, that he he looked like the outsider. He made him look like the outsider. And so I, that's where it's like he deserves a lot of credit for that because he could have easily went in there and struggled and whatever. But like he – and the thing is, is like a lot of people were – like Anderson was boxing before MMA. And like right. he could still box, so it's not like boxing is so foreign to him. That's why he wanted to fight Roy Jones Jr. like ten years ago. So <clears throat> I think he's he's a very good boxer. It's just can the chin hold up if he gets caught? That's my biggest concern out of all of it. And the problem is Jake hits really hard, and when Jake hits, you usually go to sleep. Like think about how many people actually like slept Tyrone Woodley face down like that. Like that didn't happen, and so. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm definitely leaning toward Anderson. That, the last thing I'll say, and we'll wrap it up. I, I forgot that on that that Chavez Jr. card, that the the dad fought the next fight. Yeah. Like that was With so weird. Gear, and then he took off the headgear, and he's like, "Come on!" And they're like, "No yeah. more headgear." <laughs> what's funny is, is I met him shortly after that event, and he had the tape still on his nose because it was like broken from when he fought. He was all still swollen and stuff. So, yeah. It's funny. He's a legend. OG. Oh, yeah. Awesome. All right, man. Let's wrap it up. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I appreciate it. If you guys haven't, please smash that like button. Um, please subscribe if you haven't. And uh, follow us on Twitter. And, Stephen, if you got anything else to plug? Yeah. Um, every Thursday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, live rounds on the main Fightful YouTube channel. Check that out. I don't think it's there. live rounds. I think it's – Oh, sorry. The spotlight. My bad. We're there on live rounds right now. The spotlight yes, over on YouTube.com slash Fightful. That's 9.30 a.m. Eastern every Thursday with myself and Jeremy Lambert. 
Um, we, t- we talk about a whole bunch of stuff in the world of wrestling. Um, check out the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. It's every Sunday on FightfulSelect.com. I'll be at Battle Slam live. Um, I think that's this Sunday, this Sunday night. So I'll be um, I'll be there again for that. That'll be Baron Black versus Speedball Mike Bailey for the Icon Championship. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, check all that stuff out and uh, support the work I do at Fightful. I appreciate y'all and make sure you subscribe here and hit the thumbs up button and. We'll be back right here, same time, same place, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern, next Tuesday, RBDT for Life YouTube channel. You got anything left, Doug? I uh, just hope that we have a little bit more about the Elite. Hopefully we know something soon. Can't wait for those guys to come back, and uh, we'll see what uh, what happens on uh, Tuesday. All right. See you all next week. School Vikings. Go Cowboys and Astros. Thank you for tuning in to Live Rounds. Make sure you leave a like, leave a comment, and donate to Steven Jensen. He will read out your donations on the next week's show. Also, don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Steven Jensen on Twitter. And if you like what you heard tonight, check out more Live Rounds episodes.